In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps space today is the 4th of July. And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. But from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. Should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday, but as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night, we will not vanish without a fight, we're going to live on, we're going to survive. Every time I hear it, you would think that after a while it would sort of become funny. You shouldn't openly hate it. It just makes Tim and I want to play it more. It's nobody's fault but my own, as Robert Plant would say. I, uh, I failed. The only speech I have set aside is that uh, Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, which I feel like I got to save till Indy Four. Maybe not. Maybe I'll just play that and I'll play it again next year. I've never played the the the, the opening of the original uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, so maybe I don't know. Maybe tomorrow I'll play that Last Crusade thing. Anything to avoid, Bill. The worst part in that whole opening is he does that fake uh, chest folks pause when he says, what does he say, humanity or whatever. That, that word has special meaning. It has new meaning. It has new meaning. And he's, he's clear. And in the script it says to pause here and act as though I'm Bill contemplating. Bill Pullman took that speech and made it his own. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. He took it from William Shatner in every Star Trek movie ever and made it his own. In less than an hour. Stop. <laughs> All right. It's uh, four minutes and 18 seconds after the hour of 11 and this, the month of August, the year of our Lord, 2007. Thank you for coming along and making it part of your listening day. And thank you for the various taunting emails that are already arriving in my inbox. Thank you. Thank you, sir, madam, as the case may be. All right. Have I said what year it is and everything? Well, whatever. It's Tuesday. We're here in uh, downtown Portland, Oregon. Thank you for coming by. Uh, welcome to Day 12. It's 503-733-2970. We'd like to uh, join us on today's program telephonically with your comments, your clarifications, your conventions, your two cents, your uh, what have you. It's 503-733-2970 with your calls of the tedious, the interesting, the groundbreaking, the mundane. If you keep poking that thing, it's never going to heal. No, I, I just took it out. 
If you take it out, though, isn't it going to grow over? No, I'm just going to take it out for a minute. My allergies are really acting up uh, right now. Allergies and, and it a nose hurts, And I can't blow my nose because it's in there. What happens if you sneeze with that thing in it's, that nose ring? Oh, no, it stays put. But, I mean, does it hurt? No. It really? just hurts when I try to... No, it just hurts you just when I try to my nose. You just can't, you can't wipe it off? Exactly. She's got to ooze down the front of your face. Yeah. Uh, it is uh, Tuesday. Thanks so much for coming by. It's 503-733-2970 if you wish to join us today. Scotty J waiting by with bated breath. Waiting by, standing by, waiting. <laughs> He's doing a thing. He's back there in his hobble. Uh, waiting to uh, pass along your phone calls. 503-733-2970. Uh, if you'd like to email, you can do that as well. Uh, it's uh, rick at rickemerson.com. Rick at Rick Emerson. Uh, dot com. The rest of the uh, crew here, Scotty J, 970.am, Sarah at 970.am, that's Sarah with an H, and Tim at 970.am. Uh, it's 503-733-2970. And before we do anything else, before I talk about what's coming up today, before we look at the news, before we introduce anybody, I just want to say that within the last 30 minutes, I have received spam from both, let's see, both someone pitching corrective lenses and the AARP, re- reminding me to be thinking about signing up. So thanks so much. Thanks for that. All right. Uh, no, I am not interested. Let me just let me just delete all of this. AARP corrective lenses, and right below that one from LASIK. Let me just hit delete. All right. What are we doing today? Is today Tuesday? Yes, it is. Here's what's coming up today. CNN radio correspondent Lisa Goddard uh, will be joining us from the hill. It's a great day to be. Well, you know anybody? Anybody but this guy from Idaho. What's his name? Larry Craig. Senator Larry. And you'll never guess. Senator Larry Craig pled guilty to misdemeanor, or as Tim Riley would say, misdemeanor, orderly conduct, uh, disorderly conduct, stemming from his arrest at the Minneapolis-St. Paul International Airport, where he was uh, practicing his tap dancing steps. <laughs> yes. They haven't tried that one yet. It could work. <laughs> but no, you know, here's the next thing he'll say. He'll say he had restless leg syndrome. That'll be the next thing. Also restless penis syndrome, but mainly the leg. Um... Uh, apparently trying to uh, trying to get it on with some guy in a uh, bathroom store. Oh, and you'll never guess what political party he's a member of. I'll just let you figure that out later. I don't want to give away the magical surprise ending about which political party he belongs to. Anyway, so uh, uh, Lisa Goddard's going to be joining us about that. Also, blah, 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 Alberta Gonzalez, blah, 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 don't really care. Jim Roop will be joining us later on to talk about Owen Wilson. There are reports. It's, listen to how CNN phrases this. There are reports, though, from the tabloid media which CNN is slavishly following. Like, CNN is so much better than the tabloid media. CNN, which is assigning Jim Roof to cover this Owen Wilson story, based solely on those same reports in the tabloid media. Yeah, whatever. Uh, blah, 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 Owen Wilson, da-da-da-da, overdose, blah, 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 please give me privacy, blah, 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 not going to happen. Also, Phil Spector, uh, apparently his, his lead uh, attorney just quit. Just quit and just said, F this crap, I am out of here. Uh, we'll also talk to CNN Radio correspondent Steve Kastenbaum from uh, New York City. And I'm unclear about this is if, whether this is the same ban on sagging pants they were trying to... I guess not. I think the last one was in Atlanta. The Ed McCarthy was talking about they were trying to make saggy pants illegal in Atlanta. You know they had a ban? If we're going to talk about... This is not a high-concept topic, although I could easily make it into one. I'm not going to do that because this is not that show. I'm going to say right now, it is high-concept Tuesday. But that's not the high-concept topic I've set aside. I could, though, just at a moment's notice, with only the barest rudiments of preparation, I could immediately transform this next sentence into our high-concept Tuesday call-in segment. Uh, other clothing items. 
that ought to be banned. I'm just going to say this one word. Crocs, little shoes, look like you're wearing Swiss cheese on your feet. Anyway. So there you go. So Steve Kastenbaum will join us in, uh, joining us about that. What else? Uh, oh, today, uh, today's top five. I have been uh, laboriously putting together today's top five, and Sarah just found the final piece to this. Uh, it is Robert Plant's 59th birthday this week. So we will instead, instead of any sort of like a Zeppelin countdown or a Robert Plant, did you count down? Because we've kind of done all those to death a million times. Um, and it's always a danger on this program that every list is just going to become a Led Zeppelin list. So instead, we will today be doing the top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. That will be coming up later on today. The top five singers who at various points in their uh, oeuvre sound exactly like Robert Plant. That'll be coming up today. Uh, we'll read a piece of wacky show prep uh, that arrived. I think I think this was sent to me by somebody else we know who works in radio. Yes, it was. I'm looking at the email address right now. So someone at a, another radio corporation passed this along to us because they felt it might be interesting. It is a, it, And I'm looking at this now, and the formatting, the writing, the text, all of this makes it look... I'm pretty sure this came from some sort of zany morning prep service. So we'll read a little piece of morning prep for you. Uh, what, oh, we got a Queensryche giveaway that we're going to be doing this, uh, this week. Let me just say this, then we'll do uh, some calls, then we'll introduce everybody, then we'll talk about the news, then blah, 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 blah. This week we are going to be giving away uh, some Queensryche CDs. They got actually it's a new it's a sign of the times, which is uh, the best of Queensryche 17 hits and favorites. Promotional consideration provided by Capital EMI. Uh, you want to be signing it to be an AM 970 glorious bastard. There's actually a whole bunch of these things. Some of them are regular straight ahead uh, best of compilations, and there's actually some two CD collectors editions we're going to be giving away. We will do a couple of those on the air this week. One will go out to the glorious bastard of the week, and we're going to be giving away uh, some of these. Uh, some of the uh, online as well. Seven random bastards at the end of the week will be winning this CD. So uh, go to 970.am if you have not signed up to become an AM970 Glorious Bastard. We'll try to get one of those done today. Uh, the rest of them done later in the week. And then seven uh, seven random bastards will win some on uh, Friday. So anyway, the point, go sign up for that. Do it now. <clears throat> Is that it? That all I wanted to... Well, there's this whole pile of things in the uh, Oregonian, but I should wait to get to that. It's 503-733-2970. Uh, is this really a comment about the actual military action take? Oh, no, this is about Miss South Carolina, isn't it? Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. I just wanted to ask you. Yes. Um, yesterday, I believe Scotty J, uh, you are asking him to find a rack on the map. Yeah. And I kept waiting for some sort of response to his um, answer of it being, I think he said first Africa, and then he said South America, and you guys kind of let it go. Well, it's sort of a Pangea type thing. It sort of just moves all around the planet. Whoa, hello. And it's really the only, what was that? Was that Tim? That's Tim on the, remember, it's the same ad that plays all the time. Oh, that's right. We ought to start charging, we ought to start retroactively building them. HomeHappy.com. <laughs> the, uh... Now, the only reason for that whole bit is just so I can say Iraq, I say Iraq so far away. That's a double joke. All right. Thank you. 503, we have more from Miss South Carolina today, by the way. That was Dan. Dan! It's 503-733-2970. We're joined today, as are we always, by the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dylan Y. Hello, and how are you today? I am doing very well. All right. You're looking wonderful. Thank you. Are those overalls, or is that just like a shirt? Okay, no, for a, a minute I thought it was like you were wearing like bib overalls or something. No, it's a shirt from Forever 26. <laughs> That's hilarious. That's wonderful. Eventually you'll be shopping at like Forever, like 49. I know. It's kind of Forever. Sad. 
Do you realize that you haven't been Forever 21 for actually for five years now? I know, and in, a, in like a month and a couple of days, I'll be Forever 27. Yeah, oh, is that true? Is that October? Yeah. When is that? October 5th, 11th, 12th? 9th. 9th. Yeah, I know it was somewhere Close in enough. there. I was around there. All right, excellent. You spent a, a good part of your adult life on this program. It's, that really is true. Sure, How, I started this when I was 21. I was just going to ask if you, you were, were I, a child actress who grew up before the eyes of the general public. I was <laughs> with 36 curls on your head. Uh, I was going to ask, actually, if you were 20 or if you were 21. I was, yeah, I was just... <clears throat> when you started here. Uh, yeah, I was 21. Uh, That's weird. 21, and now you're 27 almost. Oh, gosh. How sad. Done I've nothing had... with your life. Seriously. Just right here. I was in this business at 21. Just wasting away. As as were you. Totally. Absolutely. Uh, what was I doing when I was 21? Let's go around the room. You're, and... you had, you're like weird. Oh, wait. Yo, I thought you meant when I was 21. No. No, when I you were like, 21. I was like, oh, you were still wearing silk shirts and had long fuzzy hair. Wait, when you were 21, I was how old? 28? That would have been 2001. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So, yeah. So no, that no, was... I meant you in 2002. Uh, now I don't even know. Well, whatever. Anyway, so I would have, so Tim and I would have just started uh, doing the show over at KOTK. Yeah, and I looked like I had that Eastern Romanian dictator uh, look. Yeah. Anyway. All right. Well, there you go. Don't feel that you've and wasted the bloom and, of your youth. <laughs> and I sat and ran like us every day, Tim and I. <laughs> sat there and wished you were dead. Sitting there running the board, hoping that some wasting disease would come along and kill you. Praying that Christina Carlson would move, and she finally did. <laughs> Not that I didn't like her, you know that. But. No, 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 we like Christina, but you know what? It's, look, I just wanted her job. No, look, for every Nomi Malone, there is a Crystal Connors who has to fall down the staircase. Let's just be honest. Let's call it what it is. And in this case, that staircase was, uh, it was banned and Jesus in a fertile uterus. So... Did she have some children? Oh, probably. I don't know. To be honest, I don't think... You know, I love Christina. You know I do? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a chaste, pure love, but I do love Christina. But I haven't talked to her in a long time. Probably probably a year. Because she and I sort of email back and forth. But, you know, it's not like we ever really hung out when she was here. I mean, we sort of had a... You know, we had a casual sort of friendship uh, when we were off the air. But not like really... Because, look, as much as I love Christina, what are Christina and I really going to do when we hang out? The answer is... And her husband hated me anyway. There is That's just because you of, called him a jobless loser all the well, time. Hey, you know, I got to tell you, the uh, I was trying to figure out something some... else to do with your time. You form a ministry, I was... as many others have done before. And I didn't want to say the shoe fits. I was trying to think of some funnier John-appropriate article of clothing. What is a guy? I was can't say rosary because they're not Catholic. I was trying to say like if the blank fits, Sarah. But I was going to be funny by saying something other than shoe. Well, whatever. He was. He, I mean, he was jobless, and I tried repeatedly on this program to get him a job. I remember that he got offered some pretty high-paying jobs. Yeah, f that guy. So, all right. Well, whatever. Now, there's a long tradition on the show. I'm really kind of glad you're not married, actually, because yeah, and Bend is a place you go to end your life and retire. <laughs> I. Uh, yeah, you know, I'm just going to be a spinster. There forever. is there is a long tradition on on my program, not just here but in various states where I've worked, of being hated by the husbands of any women that I worked with. So you know, so we. No, all the guys that I've ever dated just have strange fascinations with you. I think. I think that's fine. That works out because usually because then eventually whoever I with any woman I worked with first the first woman who ever produced my show a woman named Wendy, uh, who I worked with in Salt Lake City was great, fantastic, wonderful producer, a great foil, sounded good on the air, then she lasted about four months on the show, and the husband yanked her off and made her work somewhere else. And really? in Utah, you can do that. You know, in Utah, that's part of the uh, that's part of the codicil of Utah. You know, you're allowed to tell your tell your woman where she can work and where she can't. You know, what kind of weirds me out though. Is this has really nothing to do with anything except for about the person I'm dating right now. Huh. 
It's been pointed out to me by more than like four people how much you and Raul kind of look alike. I don't see. I don't see that. I don't at all. see it either. I don't see that at all. In I mean, no you guys both like pasty that. white boys. You wear a lot of black t-shirts and say, have sideburns. We kind of yeah. We kind of have. I mean, we both have hair and we kind of have the same. We go to the. I mean, we both get about ninety percent of our wardrobe at the Buffalo Exchange. Other than that, I don't really see that. I mean, he's kind of a. Uh, no, he doesn't look at all like me. You know who he kind of looks like? He kind of looks like that Muppet Telly. Not <laughs> Elmo. Like a Muppet? Not Elmo. But Telly. Next time you take a look at Telly the Muppet, facially speaking, then look at your man. You're seriously saying that he looks like a Muppet. Oh, look, I look like a girl from Blossom. Look, we all got our, uh, our cross to bear. It's not like he's alone and looking like somebody kind of odd. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying he's an unattractive man. I'm just saying he looks like a Muppet. Let's move on. Tim Riley's working on the following stories for your edification today. A sailor man accidentally shoots his eye out. Really? Mm-hmm. A man beats his boss with a sledgehammer at a construction site. Okay. Another family values Republican is caught seeking restroom sex with another man. That's hard to believe. A 100-year-old woman celebrates her birthday by lighting up her 107,000 cigarette. That iPhone teen hacker is rewarded for his efforts with a brand new automobile. And we'll hear from Miss Teen South Carolina. Give her another shot at answering that question that was posed to her. That's really a national-wide scandal. You know, it's funny because I I did want to play that again. Let's drop the uh, music bed there just a second here. Let's. uh... Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some... uh, People out there in our nation don't have maps, and uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere, like such the as the Iraq, I believe that they should. Uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries, so we will be able to build up our future for our children. Thank you very much, South Carolina. Right there. That's that's really what sells it, by the way. Is that guy at the end who is just sort of like, well, I, uh... Okay. And then they just sort of move on. He oh, looks wait. like a Muppet? Telly, specifically. Maybe, I'm going to show Tim a picture of him. Maybe Grover. Maybe I'm he thinking of... He does not of, look like a Muppet. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. I'm not... No, I mean, he's not covered in fur. I mean, he's not blue. Are you look, are you showing a picture of your of your man? Or he looks like a Muppet. See, it's the nose. I it think. is not the nose. He does not look like a Muppet. No, look, I I'm just okay. saying. That's a good looking fella. No, I'm not saying he's an unattractive man. Muppets are sort of aesthetically pleasing. And is that a real tiger he's holding? No, uh, no, <laughs> stuffed one. No, and you know, here's the other thing. Now, look, and again, I don't mean to um. Uh, I don't mean to. These are, these are not pejorative statements. I'm just saying the other thing about your man, because we're not calling him your boyfriend, oh, I guess. The, your your gentleman caller, he's got a perfectly oval head. His head, Raul. Those are hard to come by. No, it's true. he's got a Charlie Brown head. No, it's. Uh, yeah, I can see that. So, no, his head is his head is a perfectly oval shape. Which is, you know, sort so of that impressive. Makes you smarter. No, and, and if you use some calipers. Calipers. If we're going to use the study of, if we're going to use the science of phrenology, can I feel the bumps on his head, Sarah? I'd like to figure out exactly what areas of study he has expertise in. I think he's a perfect example of the Nordic race. <laughs> Congratulations on dating a stout Aryan yeoman, Sarah. <laughs> May your children be the whitest of children. 
Um, all right. No, here's the thing about about him. Now I'm trying to dig myself out of this. Is that you know the deal is what what uh, the defining trait of people who are considered generally speaking to be attractive is that they have symmetrical features. I don't know if you know that. That is true. I'm not just making that up. That's why Denzel Washington's supposed to be like the most attractive man. Is he symmetrical? Seeing, yeah, I remember seeing a study of that. He has a, a perfectly symmetrical face. Perfectly symmetrical faces are hard to come by because usually you got like one eye bigger than the other and. You know, like you get that Tom York bastard from Radiohead, and you look all googly-faced, like somebody slapped you and things sort of slid around a little bit. Raul does have a pretty symmetrical face, and the oval head helps with that. I don't want you to think that this is a criticism. He looks like a Muppet? Yes. Ellie, to be specific. Really, Kelly? just the nose and the generally, again, there's this, this sort of uh, it's like It's like you took some sort of a... Uh, it's like you took some sort of a, like, what are those things, the protractor? No, a compass. That thing where you have the sharp point that sticks down on the paper and then you turn the pencil. Or a spirograph. It's like his head was made out of a spirograph. Let's, hi, you're on the Emerson Show. Hello. Hello, everyone. Hi, what's up? Hey, uh, Sarah? Yes? <laughs> if we were to ask Bill Pullman when Tim Riley's news hour was coming up, what would he probably say? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. Less than an hour. Thank you so much. Was that the sole purpose for your call? Well, the uh, leading with the uh, in less than an hour. Yeah. Less than an hour. Thank you. That is ingenious. All right. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Let's just find a whole Good series day. of sentences for which we can use. That is a brilliant idea. All right. I don't have anything else. Do I don't have I, any sentences? I have nothing else that I can dumb. Uh, I can't find any pictures of the Muppet. Is it the purple one? When will uh, When will Lisa Goddard be uh, <laughs> be joining us on the Rick and Morty? Thank you. There you go. There are whole sections of this program. I really wish that I could just. Uh, it, I mean, there's just things on this program that, if you were high, would be even funnier than they are now. Like that joke, for example, about when Tim Riley's news segment happens on the. Uh, Less than an hour. <laughs> Okay. D- uh, have we talked about what's coming up in the news hour, Tim? Or do we just get off on Raul's oval head? He looks like yeah, a muffin. Yeah, we did. Like Telly. How many... D- is, is, is Crown that Hog Telly? Day? Where? That one? Is that... Yeah. Yeah, that's it. That does not look like him. Well, maybe I'm thinking of somebody else. Here's Tim Riley talking about the following stories today. Did I already did do, that. Did we do this section? Yeah. Did Tim did. already tease the news? I know so, because it's in the trash already. <laughs> that could just mean we don't care. All right. I don't even know what we're talking about then. Well, let me just real quickly talk about what's on the front page of the uh, Oregonian today, the Metro section. <laughs> then we'll break. We'll come back with Lisa Goddard. We have other things and so forth. Four sentenced in Ponzi ripoff. First of all, I don't know why it's called a Ponzi scheme. Anyone? Anyone? Well, Henry Winkler would see if they called it a Ponzi scheme. That's exactly the same joke I was going to go to. We're such hacks. That's exactly the same, the Ponzarelli scheme. Well, it's Hackery Day. <laughs> it is. Too, it's Hack Tuesday. A federal judge sentenced four people to prison Monday for operating the biggest, quote, Ponzi scheme ever prosecuted in Oregon. $170 million. You'll never guess where they found these people. The Internet and church groups persuaded. Listen to this now. This is a real story from the front page of the Metro section. Today's Oregonian. <clears throat> I am not making this up. And these people are just dense. Just look at them. These people who ran this Ponzi scheme, which is essentially a pyramid scheme, just, I mean, just as thick as short planks, you can just tell. Listen to this now. They used church groups to convince more than 4,000 people to invest money in an offshore bank in Grenada. They promised fantastic returns, and listen to this now, this is the great part. Imagine giving, imagine being so dumb that you give your money to this. 
They claimed the bank was guaranteed by a $20 million ruby carved into the shape of a boy riding a water buffalo. Right there. There you go. That's from the red state section of Oregon, by the way. Oh, uh, let's see. I got the... Well, I got nothing. I got nothing else except... Uh, well, I don't have time for that either. We should probably break here in a second. It's uh, 503-733-2970. 503-733-2970. Coming up uh, later on, Cena Radio Correspondent Lisa Goddard, Jim Roop, Steve Kastema. Top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. Tim Riley at the noon news hour. Maybe it's Grover. Maybe it's not so much... It's, yeah, it's, I'm looking at the picture. That does not look like it's him. It's not Elmo. It, it really is just the... It, 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 it's as though you took Ernie's head and sort of put it on end. Do you know what I mean? You can't compare him to anybody else. You have to compare him to a Muppet. Well, I don't really know. I don't really know who else he looks like. Everybody's apparently convinced he looks like me, but that's not true. So, all right. Uh, back after this, kids. It's the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> bed ever. I'm removing this bed today. I'm getting rid of this bed. It's never going to play again. I hate this bed. I, I don't even know why this is in. I don't remember loading this in. Here's the thing. is It was established. That, first of all, I didn't even know what this song was. And somebody call, had to call up and say it was a Fallout Boy song. And it's not like I reflexively hate those guys the way that everybody's supposed to. But I just don't. I'm not really a big Fallout Boy fan. But I certainly don't own this song. Do you own this song? No. So where did this bed come from? I don't know. I wonder if this is a bed that was put in for some other show, for like the Fuel Show or the Miles Around or whatever, and it, and it just sort of ended up. Or if it was somebody, the leftover instrumental bed that was from some other version or incarnation of this station, uh, that we ended up using it. Because it has nothing that belongs to me. I certainly don't, uh, I certainly don't own that album. So I'm removing that. going to remove it. I'm going to take it out. Let me just make this one observation, and we'll talk to Lisa Goddard here in just a few. Uh, when are we going to talk to her? Uh, like less than an hour. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thanks for that. Three minutes, which is indeed in less than an hour. Um, I was just going to say about. I just wanted to clarify something about your your gentleman friend Raul. Oh, you're in too deep now. I'm only going to say he's crazy too. He's going to hunt you down. Here's the thing: is that everybody is as we always say, and we kind of stole this from Donna Mike. That asking, especially women, saying, you know, what celebrity do you most look like? Um, that everybody looks like somebody, but it is a rule. It is axiomatic. It is one of the rules of life that you. Never think you look like the person that other people think you look like, and just and of course reflexively, they never think you look like the person you think you most resemble. Do you know what I mean? Who do I look like? No, 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 no. <laughs> do I look like a muppet We're too? Not, yes, you do. We're not getting into. You look like Big Bird, Sarah, and I didn't want to come out and say it. Thank I didn't you. want to just lay it out on the line like that. Um, no, it's, I mean, uh, see, we've, we've wait. Do I look like somebody bad? We played this game. Me? We played this game before, though, and I don't think we ever established this. I think we had the audience do it, and I'm not asking for that to happen now because I don't think we have time anyway. We got that to Lisa, but I'm just saying, I think the only person treading into dangerous territory here, and this is a long time ago. Uh, before the website was really up and running. This was in like 2001, 2002. We didn't really get a lot of photographs up. I think the only person that we ever said you looked like, and I could be wrong about this because I don't even really think it's true, 
Did we say that you looked like Kate Winslet? That was your sister. My sister looks it's a lot like It's that Heather looks like Kate Winslet. I don't think we ever really established that you looked like anybody. I mean, the only the closest we ever came... Yeah, it was that... Yes? No, I remember you talking about it with um, Helena Bonham Carter, whatever her name is. Oh, well, that, kind of the way you dress. Yeah. You sort of... But it's not even Helena Bonham Carter, so much it is Marla Singer. You kind of... You sort of... But, but even then, you don't really look like Marla Singer so much as Kim Morgan looks like Marla Singer. I'm, I'm assuming she's still... Although she's all blonde. She's totally blonde. Did that was think, weird. Hold on. I have some email about Kim Morgan, of all people. Kim Morgan, who was the film critic at the Willamette Week, then... Uh, then at the Oregonian, and I think works somewhere else now. Anyway, but she used to be the film critic for this show, and then she moved to Los Angeles, uh, which is where everybody sort of ends up, sharing a sharing a, a one-room apartment with Tim Savage, probably. Um, Rick, this email says, I was uh, recently on, I swear to God, this is a complete coincidence that Kim Morgan came up. Rick, I was recently on a nine-hour flight to Tokyo, and the voice of a past weekly guest made me pay attention to the movie review of 300 on my television. It was Kim Morgan from an early incarnation of the Rick Emerson Show. I thought Scotty J would like to know just where the Rick Emerson Show can take someone if they play their cards right. Talking to people who I don't care, uh, talking to people who don't care if the movie's good or bad, just as long as it's loud enough to block out the screaming child three rows ahead of you. I'm still in Japan and will be here for the next three months. If there's any swag you would like from Japan, just let me know. That includes tentacle porn. He says, "Thank you, uh, Jeff." Sorry about the typing errors. I'm staying with my wife's family, and the keyboard has all these extra buttons that do crazy things. Can't you totally see a Japanese typewriter having a button you press, and you press it, and like a bouquet of flowers just shoots out of one end, and you press another one, and your seat explodes? Uh, say hi to Portland for me. There is no place like home. Jeff. So there you go. The last time I saw Kim Morgan was on uh, E! Me too. About that uh, walk the line with Reese Witherspoon and what's his name, and the, the guy, Joaquin Phoenix, uh, the Johnny Cash thing. So uh, Kim Morgan was on there, and she was all blonde-looking. and uh, Well, not blonde-looking. She was just blonde, and she was all extra thin and whatnot. So it's, I don't know. I don't yeah, know she's a pretty girl. I remember, because she would come in and relieve me when I when I ran like us on Saturdays. I think Saturday nights, and um, and she'd come in. She always be wearing a different color wig. That's No, she was, I love, I love Kim, but Kim really was um, cut from a different cloth. It was cut from cut from a different cloth, marched to a different everything. Oh, by the way, this is a listener. Thank you, Scotty. A listener has called up uh, to remind us that the only person you really ever looked like, Sarah, was the ball gag porn girl. So thank you. I'd forgotten all about that, sir. I appreciate that observation. The, the, the closest, and Scotty, would you do me a favor and drop CNN a call? Because we're gonna, the problem is if we don't hear from Lisa here, we're going to run up against Steve Kastenbaum, and then we're going to get that unpleasant, uh, like, beeping, blinking, buzzing thing on the other end. Um... The closest we ever came to this was we did that show, and it was a long time ago. I don't even remember what any of the resolution was, and I'm really not trolling for calls with this. But when the, but we did have someone call up at some point, and they said there was somebody who called up and they said um, we were we somehow got into some discussion about who would play us in the movie of this show. And I don't even, it was so long ago that I don't even remember the outcome. I don't remember what anybody said. I have no, really? Oh, excellent. Thank you. Tim has just brought me a current picture of Kim Morgan. Oh, let's see it. Yeah, it's like someone just suctioned the weight out of her. Yeah, she's sort of, uh... all right, there you go. There's that. Um, oh, my goodness. But at some point, we had this discussion on the show about who would play us in the movie version of this show. Because, the, and just to tie it all up before we talk to Lisa... 
when I say that you never look like the person think you the, the person that people think you look like, like I always just go to the Richard Belzer. People will say, "What do you look like?" or you know, "Who would celebrity most resemble?" Because I get that question thrown at me every now and again, and I always say Richard Belzer, and people either say, "I don't know who that is," or you don't look like him. And the problem with Richard Belzer is he's like 150 years old now. So comparing myself to there is no one my own age to whom I can compare myself. It, I can only say Belzer, but it doesn't work because he's like an octogenarian. So, and there's really, there's really no one my own age, apparently, except for your boyfriend, who I can compare myself to. Let's welcome now to the Rick Emerson radio program, From the Hill, CNN radio, CNN radio correspondent of the stars, the one and only Lisa Goddard. Why, hello there. Hey, hello, guys. How are you? How are things? I'm doing good. How are you doing? Well, there was this unpleasantness earlier when I compared Sarah's gentleman friend to a Muppet. So we're trying not to talk about it. We're trying to move on and not to address it. We're going to pretend it never well, happened. It's going to be edited out in post. I mean, which I mean, there's a wide spectrum of Muppets. You know, I'm not. You know, you've got you've got all the way from Yoda to Rolf the dog to you know Fozzie Bear. There's some big family. That is true. Looks like big te- I guess it looks like Telly the Muppet. Do you know Telly from Sesame Street? No, I don't know Telly. Telly is sort of, I believe Telly, now I may have my, uh, I may have my Muppet genealogy flawed, it may be wrong here. I do believe that Telly is Elmo's uncle or cousin or something. Oh, I think that Elmo, okay. I think that Elmo, who everyone dislikes except for children, really, because Muppets are cross-generational. They do appeal to a whole broad swath of the American public. They capture the imaginations of both the old and the young, except uh, for Elmo, who is hated by everybody over the age of six. There is some sort of lobe in your brain that develops once you get into long pants. Hello? Well, that's wonderful. That's fantastic. Being jammed by the Elmo network. Well, let's try this again. Hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who might this be? Hey, it's Lisa. What was that all about? Hello? Hi, can you hear me? Yeah, okay, I hear you. Sorry, I was on my cell phone. I guess, uh, I don't know, the NSA is, again, uh, listening in. Okay, well, we'll just I was just going to make some tedious observation about Elmo, but the... Uh, <laughs> anyway, so Telly, I believe, is Elmo's oh, uncle. He's, he's got the voice of... It's like, a, a, I think, a fairly large or certainly a deep-voiced black man. El- Elmo? Yeah. No, 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 no. No, you're confused. No, now see, now we got to keep talking about it because you're confusing Elmo with somebody else. Are you sure? I, I might be. I'm going to put that out there, but I'm pretty sure. Well, maybe not currently, but I know when I worked in South Carolina, one of my friends who was an anchor at uh, our television station did, a, did an interview with Elmo when they had Tickle Me Elmo come out, and it was all the crazy Elmo high. You know, really, everyone couldn't get enough Elmo. She did an interview with Elmo, and she she for some reason tried to make it a kind of hard hitting. Interview about a deep probing Elmo piece, and she was really going going after Elmo a little bit, and you know the people were hurting each other to try and get Elmo toys, and so she did this interview, and Elmo obviously was not happy about the interview, but you know played Elmo throughout the thing, and then at the very end, uh, she said, you know, well thank you Elmo, and and then he said, thank you, and then then it was like you stink, you know, and then you heard heard this man, and then the guy got up, and everyone was like, whoa. Wait, and, so uh, voice of Elmo. Okay, now I'm okay. Now I'm really confused. Are you saying that, in your experience, the character of Elmo speaks with the voice of a of a big black man, or no, he the or that the who, person who plays Elmo is in reality a deep voiced black man. That's correct. Okay. And I, I think it went. I think it was that Elmo used that he used the Elmo voice initially. You know, they closed out the interview. Thank you. And then there was a pause. And then 
and my friend has a tape of this where then Elmo in Elmo's voice says something like, you stink, you know, and then you see the the, the guy get up and he says a, a something A huge black like, man oh. come from behind the counter. Yeah. All right. Well, let me just, well, okay, while we're on the subject, let anyway. me just close out the Muppet talk with this observation. A, I now have had several emails from people who claim this can't be true. I've had several people now email. I, I, had to, I, I hesitate to wade into these kinds of discussions because... I don't because sometimes a cigar is just a cigar and so forth. Like there's been that whole debate over the years. There's been many people who have who've said over the years that they believe uh, Bert and Ernie uh, to be a same-sex couple. Okay. Um, yep, that right. they are, in fact, together in a sort of romantic sense. And I, and I think that the Muppet guys have actually said at one point that it's, like, that, that it's just the odd couple. They're just, they're just supposed to be Felix and Oscar from Could the be, odd couple. Right? And they're you not know, supposed to read anything. It doesn't matter, really matter, I suppose. But now I've gotten several emails from people claiming that Telly, I can't even believe I'm saying this, that Telly is actually... Actually supposed to be a retarded Muppet. That Telly is actually supposed oh, to be. No. That Telly is supposed to actually. So now Sarah's boyfriend actually doesn't just look like a Muppet. He looks like a mentally handicapped Muppet. Um, somebody oh, said no. that. Oh um, no. Several emails now saying that Telly is in fact supposed to be a developmentally disabled Muppet, and that, that is why he speaks the way he does and sort of just has a, I guess, a vacant sort of oh. vapid stare quite a lot of the time. <laughs> well, all right. Um. Final observation. Oh. Speaking of Elmo actually having the voice of a large black man. Right, or be, or actually being be, a, a be, large black man. He's he's chocolate on the inside. That <laughs> Jim Roop told me. Uh, we were talking about Michael Jackson one time, and Roop told me the creepiest story, which we have sort of passed on over and over over the years because it just it haunts me in a really bizarre way, which is that apparently. And I guess this shouldn't surprise us, but I guess that sort of high childlike whisper that Michael Jackson speaks in is a complete and total put-on. Apparently, Michael Jackson's actual normal daily speaking voice is a very deep, one might even say stentorian, uh, it's a very deep, commanding, resonant voice. Uh, what, what? You, what you might think of as being a very authoritarian, black male-sounding voice. And this came out during the Jackson trial. When someone uh, re was recounting how they had called Michael at home to ask him something, and if I remember the story correctly, Michael answered the phone, but he didn't answer with like "hello," you know, he answered with "hello," who, who's this? And he answered it, you know, and he, was, he, was, he was like it was James Earl Jones picking up the phone, and the person actually had to clarify a couple times that they were in fact speaking to Michael Jackson because Michael Jackson's natural speaking voice is has a deep and rich uh, timbre to it. And to me, for some, for reasons I can't even really clarify, that is just terrifying. <laughs> the idea of that weird, like Liz Taylor-looking face opening up, and then the voice of like, uh, of like, uh, you know, Sam Fishburne coming out of there. I mean, it's just, you know, or Larry Fishburne. It's just un, it's just unnerving. It's complete. It's creepy. I qu I question this. I definitely question this. I mean, Jim Roop is, you know. He's a man, so I don't know. No, it's just it, it's it's very unnerving. Just the idea, Michael Jackson's, you know, that Michael Jackson's face and then the voice of Furious Styles coming right out of there. It's just something I find all kinds of weird. I do see weird. this story all over online, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Uh, do you do this when we're talking? Do you actually Google stories as we discuss them? Sometimes so you can not, see not if always, I'm... but occasionally. And oh. this one says uh, Court TV's Diane Diamond apparently broke this story. I don't know. Boy, Diane I, Diamond, what a horrible person she is. <laughs> Boy, let me ask you this. If you were walking down the street and you saw Diane Diamond being attacked by pit bulls, would you uh, would you stop to rescue her, or would you just go get a camera? Oh, no. Of course I 
nine well I probably call nine one one because I'm a little you know I don't know if I I don't know if I could take on a bunch of pit bulls but uh, you know I guess I guess what I'm supposed to say is I would try and rescue the dog of but course. no I would I would. <laughs> I didn't even thought about that, but that's genius. Okay, um, okay. Well, let's move on to actual and helper. Let's move on to actual news here, so I don't uh, shove you any deeper into the waters of awkwardness. Um, <laughs> well, this is only awkward for Larry Craig, Senator Larry Craig from Idaho, and you'll never guess he's a Republican. Pled guilty. <laughs> now, why is this the first I'm hearing about this? He pled guilty to disorderly conduct, which apparently involved trying to get it on in a men's bathroom. Right. I mean that's not the criminal. That's not the actual legal parlance that they use. Not, he was not. He did not plead guilty to uh, get uh, attempted getting it on. Yeah, but what, what is this? So he was in a bathroom and he was apparently tapping his foot, rubbing his foot against the foot of the man on the stall next to him, and then reached his hand underneath and waggled it around, which he claimed was because he had quote a broad stance when he is sitting on the toilet. Yeah. Yes, and, the, the, and we, I've read all these court documents now, and the, we got some new court documents today about the actual plea and all of what's going on, and it made it even more clear that uh, the, the, the foot rubbing that the police officer said Larry Craig's foot didn't just kind of come over toward him and, you know, rub, you know, where that divide was, you know, right under the divide, but it actually came into the police officer's stall, according to the police officer, uh-huh. like like reaching into the next stall to do this alleged rubbing, and uh, and, and so apparently um, he, Senator Craig, told police, according to his police report, that that he has a very wide stance when he is using the bathroom, and uh-huh. that that the police officer misunderstood. But but if you know if, if all of those things are true, I mean it, it's a very I mean going into the other stall kind of stance. So, I mean, and, and so but why did he plead guilty to this if he's claiming that it's all just a, right. a vague sort of misunderstanding? He hasn't explained that yet, but he has in a statement that we received yesterday. He did say that he now sees it as a mistake, that he should not have pleaded guilty, and that he essentially did that because he thought it would it would make the process go by faster. Uh-huh. He, he just kind of, he, he said he should have had brought a lawyer, and it was his mistake to ever plead guilty. Yes. Yes, all right then. So, so. And also, I mean, also the hand motion, he indicated that he was uh, in the police report. The police say that Craig told them he was reaching for a piece of paper. The police officer said there was no piece of paper on the floor. Reaching for a piece of paper inside the pants of the other man. Oh no! Yes, apparently, the well, seriously, oh, no. and then because when they were trying to bust him, he pulled out like his business card, right? Said, "Look, I'm a senator. What do you think about that?" That's right. He did. He pulled out his 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 card that said he was a U.S. senator, and then looked at the police detective and said, what do you think about that? To which, in his report, the police officer says, he responded saying, I want to see your driver's license. Uh, (laughs) That's what I I think. Yeah. You know, but, and apparently the police officer says as soon as, you know, he says that Craig made these motions under the divide and uh, between the stalls and that then after he made, I guess, a certain amount of them, the police officer returned with his police badge to which Craig, according to the police report, said no, you know, and then kind of tried to run out. Oh, oh, no. Now, no, Craig no. does dispute that, that this is an accurate account, and he says that it really is a misunderstanding. You know, he is a senator who has dealt with allegations in the past of being gay. And well, and he's also... Some of them have been proven. And publicly, by the way, he is also virulently anti-gay uh, rights, is he not? I don't think that's accurate. I think he, he has voted against it's true gay marriage, but he is not rapidly um, anti-gay rights. He's not. So, it's not something he... It's not a fight that he has chosen. It's something he has voted against gay marriage. It's true. He's indicated in the past he could be for 
um, gay civil unions. But, you know, this guy, he is a conservative, but he's more of your fiscal conservative. He's really big on taxes, fiscal policy, those kinds of things. He's not social, he's not the social conservative um, that I think a lot of news stories may imply. I mean, he is socially conservative, but that's not his bailiwick, so to speak. By the way, you will note that I've gone this entire conversation and I have not inserted a joke using the phrase, his own private Idaho. Oh. Because this is not that program. We do not stoop that low. I really think we bottomed out with the discussion of retarded Muppets. I think there was really no, that rock layer was as low down as we could possibly get on this program. Right. Well, you know, I have to say, though, you know, I was looking, I did look around through the congressional record, and it does turn out that the day he was arrested at, at that airport in Minnesota, uh, that apparently he did make some kind of flight later on because he, uh, hours later, did make it to the Senate in time to vote on, uh, for example, a resolution the no confidence resolution in right. Gonzales that was that day um interestingly the day after he signed the plea deal he voted against the senate ethics bill which of course which deals more with lobbying and earmarks but it it does seem sort of like a, a strange irony i just like stories that come out of idaho because they always involve this or let's be honest something improper with an animal that's all right. the stories that come out of idaho or occasionally nazis marching through Coeur d'Alene. really there's only three types of stories that come out of that state <laughs> Oh, All right. I, uh, I, hate, I hate to give you the bum's rush, as they say, but I can hear Steve Pantabum attempting to, uh, to call it. We will, uh, we will speak with you uh, very soon. Enjoy Done. the rest of your day, sister. Done. There you go. Lisa Goddard, ladies and gentlemen. You know, i got to get some sort of a... Um I gotta get some sort of a uh, like a uh, what are those things called a cover over the dump button here because I keep going to hit the cough. I've done it twice today. Going to hit the cough button, and sometimes it's when I go to hit the off button right here, and I hit the dump button by mistake. I got to get one of those things they have like in the NORAD room, so you can't accidentally sneeze and then launch some first strike uh, attack. You know what I mean? Like maybe some. You know what I need? Here's what I need. Here's a little Gen X reference for you because it's been almost nine minutes since I've made one. Here's what I need. I need some sort of a little, um, some sort of a barrier that goes around the dump button, not unlike the barriers on the later versions of the arcade game Track and Field, uh, which were there to disable you from using a comb or a pen or a pencil to press the run buttons faster than the game makers wanted you to. By Namco, of course. So, anyway, so if you had that, I just, I reach over here and it's like my finger keeps hitting it. Uh, all right, let's see if I can answer. Maybe, maybe it's MS. Hold on, let's see. Hold on, let's see if I can pick up the phone correctly. Oh, damn! Now I'm only fooling. Do you have Steve's thing, or is do? Does are Steve we still playing? Have, does Steve have... Oh, he has the... I've uh, been playing the Star Wars, but I didn't know... Uh, I did no, that's not it. Do we have something for Steve? Let's uh, welcome now to the Rick Emerson Show from, from New York City. Yes? Less than an hour. Thank you. Steve Kastenbaum. Hello, sir. From you. How are you? Hi. How are, how are things? How's life in the city that never sleeps? Doing good. Uh, back this week after a week of vacation. All right. We're having a little bit of a manic uh, day here. I think that uh, one of us, and his name is Rick, is going through a little bit of a manic stage this morning. So if I just sound abnormally jittery or uh, giddy, you'll know why, sir. It's not you. So Okay. Uh, where were, you, were you on vacation? Yeah. Where were you at? You're not going to believe this, but I went to Peru before the earthquake happened. That's right. We had this discussion because you went to Peru at the same time. Another one of our – we have a guy from the Oregonian uh, who was actually in Belize. And so everybody we know is going off to these, these weird, far-flung locales. Now, this is a dumb question, but, I mean, what what is in Peru that you would go there to see? What is the attraction? Oh, man, there's so much to do there. I mean, uh, you, you have the Andes mountain range, which is unbelievable. Rivals, if not surpasses, the Rockies in beauty. 
you have Machu Picchu, which is now one of the new seven wonders of the world. You can't have new wonders of the world. I know. It was a gimmick that some organization came up with to promote these sites. But it's actually amazing. Uh, Machu Picchu is one of the most incredible things you've ever seen. It's, it's this incredible Incan, Inca ruined city at like 10,000 feet in, you know, on a mountaintop. It's, it, you wonder, like, why did they build this here and how did they do this? So many centuries ago, it's really amazing. You went there to, uh, you went there to peruse many of the sites. Yes, I did. Uh, 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 I did, and to uh, eat alpaca. That was good. Alpaca is not a sweater. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a type of animal. looks like a, looks like a, a llama or a llama, as they say in Peru, and uh, but it's a little bit smaller, and uh, it's like beef. Did you, you have know? alpaca jerky? They do actually, believe it or not. Well, let me know. The only reason I ask this is because I am uh, fascinated by jerky that comes from unlikely, unlikely animals. Um, I had uh, emu jerky one time. You know, I don't know if they have this as a jerky, but there is a giant rodent. It's a giant rat that exists in on their side of the Amazon River in the jungle, and the, that's a delicacy. Really. Yeah, it's humongous. Everybody in the audience now is inserting rodents of unusual size jokes from the Princess Bride. Let, me, let me ask you this real quickly, because I, this is a similar story to this thing that Ed McCarthy was talking I don't know what it is, man. There's, it's like how um, you read those stories about how uh, like the gas or whatever that leaked out of Chernobyl floated around the world, and, you know, and so every 90 days it would be over a different country or something, and it was the same cloud of radioactive gas, and where it was just depended on what month it was. So it seems to be with some of this idiotic legislation. In Atlanta, like three weeks ago, there was some guy who was all clamoring that they had to get the young people to cover up their buttocks or whatever with sagging pants. And now it's actually in, where, where Connecticut, someplace? It happened, it happened in Stratford, Connecticut. But just last night, the city council, uh, the, the town council, rather, uh, they came to their senses and voted it down, 6-2. to two. They said that the law would be unconstitutional and would unfairly target minorities. But what this uh, town councilman was saying was, you know, he's fed up with seeing, you know, those pants that seem to defy gravity and, and hang literally below the buttocks, as he put it, and uh, expose the entire boxer shorts and or thongs. So, although I haven't seen any women wearing them down. No, because no, women don't do that unless you're watching The Wire. I don't right. think that's a, I don't think that's a, a, a fashion trend. Let me just be honest. I think if you were to look back at regrettable fashion trends over the last, I don't know, 25 years, they are almost exclusively male. I mean, really. I mean, it's not that women don't wear things. I mean, women can make things that are bad work a lot better than men can. Mm -hmm. Something that is just a bad idea clothing-wise is going to look a hundred times worse on a guy. Because guys only have just the barest rudiments of, like, fashion sense anyway. It's all guys can do to dress themselves and walk correctly. You know what I mean? Um, right. I, I don't know how they walk in these jeans anyway, because, you know, a couple of steps, and I would be afraid they completely well, fall see, down. Well, see, this is the discussion that we have had a hundred times on this program, and no one has ever been able to answer it. And it, and here I am bringing it up yet again in the hopes that somebody, sort of Cecil Adams style, will be able to clue me in. There's two things I wonder about. One is, well, this, this one actually got answered. For the longest time, I wondered what a Japanese typewriter looked like, or, you know, a sort of character, what, what a typewriter looked like in a character-based language. And... It, it, it seemed like it should have been easy, like somebody should have just been able to go to Google and send me a picture of, like, here you go, it's your Chinese typewriter. But amazingly enough, it took years of talking about that for someone to actually break it down for me and explain what typewriters looked like in character-based languages. Here's my second question. And the only way I could solve this is by running up to some sort of gangly youth on the street and yanking up his shirt and looking at his pants, which I'm probably not going to do for various reasons. But if the pants are actually hanging 
as you noted, like not even at the ass level, but really like at mid-thigh level. Yet, Literally below it, yeah, and exactly. The shirt, Sorry about that. the shirt is actually so low that it covers the top of the pants so you can't see what's going on there. But I don't mean to ask this in a sort of old, out-of-touch, white guy, Bob Dole kind of way, but really, honestly, what is keeping them up? I have no idea. I've been trying to figure this out. I see guys, you know, on the subway dressed like that, and the pants are literally down below their butts. And it's and they and they don't always have the hands in the pockets. I mean, sometimes the hand either they get it on the cell phone or the hands are just hanging free, whatever it is. And, and really, I mean, I know that we just sound so unbelievably lame and removed from society at this point, but I, it is sort of a miracle of engineering. I mean, it just it fascinates me the fact that those pants are somehow. Be, I mean, maybe they. Maybe they have discovered some, you know, some revolutionary breakthrough in quantum physics or something, and the pants really are just suspended there in defiance of gravity with no visible means of support. I don't know how it works, although I do know some of those uh, new dresses that you see women wearing uh, today where it sort of looks like it, it curves under, and it kind of looks like they're wearing a potato sack. You, you know which dresses I'm talking about? I do. I totally know, yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently uh, they have elastic on the underside, or at least some of them do, so they don't rise up too far, you know, and, and you get to see something you're not supposed to see. It's all very confusing. Yeah, so I don't know. Maybe there's some elastic in there. I, I don't, don't know. know. You know, the only mystery when I was growing up was how you were able to get those uh, those jeans on that looked as though they were spray-painted onto you. The answer was, if you were a girl, that you would lay flat on the bed, and you had to yank them up to your waist while lying flat on the bed, and occasionally had, they had the little ankle things that zipped up and down. So right. there you go. And thus endeth the lesson. All right, Steve Kastema, are you uh, are you on the clock tomorrow, sir? Yes, I am. Yeah, I'm, I'm so crazed I don't even know what day it is anymore because my wedding's coming up in like two weeks. Well, congratulations in advance, and it is Tuesday, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right, we will uh, talk to you tomorrow, my friend. So long. All right, I should have I should have told him it was Thursday and just see when his reaction was. It's five zero three seven three three two nine seven. Are these pant these calls regarding pantalones, pantalones mundialis? Uh, all right, well, we'll get those when we come back. Tim Riley around the corner. Later on, Cena radio correspondent Jim Roop. The top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. Uh, and it is High Concept Tuesday, so be listening for that. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere. Disconcerting email, Rick. It's easy. You're the spinning image of Andy Dick. Right, thanks. Thanks so much. Uh, you do kind of look like I Andy don't. Dick. You take that back right now. No way. I swear to God, I was going to be senseless. No, you said the boy I'm dating looks like a Muppet, so screw you, Andy Dick. <laughs> oh, <I'm> so... <laughs> screw you, Andy Dick. That's the phrase of the day. Um, let's get these, uh, do these real quickly, and then we'll join Tim Riley at the Ministry of Truth. Screw you, Andy Dick. I don't know if that's ever been said on South Park, but that sounds like an honorary South Park phrase. Can't you see, like, Cartman or somebody is screaming that? Mm-hmm. Hi, uh, sir, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Hey, it's, uh, it's Peter from the Clarkade. Peter. I barely knew her. I love it every time. Uh, so hey, I was gonna, I came to uh, answer your pantaloon question. Yes. Um, so basically, unfortunately, it's not as interesting as you might think. Uh, basically, uh, it's the same guys. They're like a size medium, but they wear like four extra large T-shirts. Yes. They just hide it, and what they do is that uh, they just wear it below, cinch up the belt really tight, and then um, 
to quote a uh, to quote a great uh, senator from Idaho, they just take a wide stance with their walking. Oh, I see. So and they, basically, you you walk like with your legs spread apart. So you and you do kind like of the, you do like the gunfighter, uh, like the OK Corral bow-legged stride. Exactly, and uh, it's it, it seems to work out except for when they're uh, running to catch a bus, which is always great. <laughs> Excellent, and you're right. That wasn't interesting. I mean, not that you're not interesting. I'm saying that's a much less. I was hoping there was some sort of fantastic structural design or something going Double-sided on. Double-sided tape. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> yeah, at least something ridiculous. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. No problem. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. At the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. It's time for the Rick Emerson Noon News Hour from AM 970 Solid State Radio, and now. Two men accused of stealing fee envelopes from state park boxes using rodent glue. 34-year-old Timothy Wiley and 38-year-old Daniel Brandberg. Not Wiley enough. Used the rodent glue on a metal stick to fish envelopes out of park <laughs> fee trail blocks along the Columbia River Gorge. You know, that is really just one step above being a minor bird. You know what I mean? It really is. Isn't the, These is, are your Oregon neighbors. Jesus. I think the, is the minor bird, there's that bird, though, that... It, it puts a stick in its teeth and jabs it into an anthill mm-hmm. and then eats the ants off the end of the stick. Yep. Congratulations, sir. You, you, you've, you've duplicated the behavior of something with a brain the size of a kidney bean. Well done. Well, a visitor to the fall suspected some suspicious activity, and a deputy found the men a short time later on I-84. Jesus. They're all facing theft and possession of methamphetamine charges. That's rather ingenious, though. <laughs> I suppose. If Pushing I... out envelopes with rodent glue. I mean, whoever would have thought of it. It, it. What did the discussion entail before this was carried out? You got yourself any sticky stuff? Uh, let me also say this. Those guys should get I back to me. I learned this at Lake Billy. <laughs> <laughs> you are bad man, Tim Riley. Let me. These guys should get back to us when they can tell me how to get something out of the vending machine in the kitchen. Not that I'm trying to get food illegally, but many, many times, and Sarah's been my witness to this. Yeah. And you can use some rodent glue. And let me just say this, by the way. Everybody, you want to talk about a universally known sound, a sound that everybody is born knowing. When you are a fetus, this, this, this sound wave is put into your brain. It is, let's see if I can duplicate it in here. Um, it's a sound kind of like this. But now you can't move the machines. No, every no, and they've made the machines so goddamn heavy that it's impossible to jiggle them to get my cliff bar out. Mm. Sons of bitches. So instead, and so what do you? So you get Dave Zinn in there, who is getting in literally like his fullback stance, mm-hmm. charging into the side of the machine, undoubtedly bruising himself in some deep fashion, trying to get my cliff bar to come off the little spring thing. So And they've designed it so that you can no longer slide your hand up into the pay door to, to actually get the item. So it just it just fills me with a furious rage. Not even someone with thin arms like myself. No, no, because you, as soon as you open it, it closes that little area down there. It's impossible. The whole thing just makes me just makes me angry. Maybe if you had an Olsen sister, you could cram them up there. And... <laughs> Way to keep an anorexic around. <laughs> just for this, Just for such a purpose. I saw the best thing the other day, and I've seen this picture on the Internet... Or this shirt, but I actually saw a guy wearing this at Lloyd Center, of course. A, just an amazingly fat man wearing a shirt that said, I beat anorexia. It was huge. He must have weighed 350. I mean, he was a massive man. <laughs> I beat anorexia. Uh, hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. 
Hey, Rick. Yeah. Um, a couple years ago, I was uh, doing casino security in Reno, and uh, we had this guy who's about 350 pounds with his pants slung down under his butt like that, and he came in uh, to uh, pass some fake checks. So the girl in the cage hit the panic button, and we all showed up. And when he took off for the door with his pants flung down like that, they kind of came off. And when we tackled him, they came completely off. Fantastic. There was a great video of it. Um, <laughs> Is it on YouTube? It, I, I wish it was. Uh, they, they kind of hold on to them security films around there. Um, but, yeah, the guy was so big it took two uh, two pairs of handcuffs to fit all the way so around him. So now did he trip? I mean, did he fall because the pants were too big to run away? Uh, well, actually what happened was I tackled him, and we both kind of flew into this uh, into a slot machine and then hit the ground, and when we got him handcuffed, his pants were around his That is ankles. so great. That's deeply satisfying. Oh, it was awesome. Yeah. And, of course, once we get them all <laughs> tied up, he looks at us, tears in his eyes, and says, Somebody please pull my pants up. <laughs> that makes it all worthwhile. That almost makes the robbery attempt worthwhile right there. <laughs> it really did. That was a great day. Thank you, sir. Thank uh, you. That was Lucas. All right. Thank you, my friend Lucas. Uh, here's Tim Riley. Well, a man lost his eye after shooting himself in the face during a party. He'll put an eye out. Oh, this, wait. This happened in Salem. He's 19-year-old Charles C. Roth. He's at the OHSU. He shot himself during a party where people were drinking alcohol and smoking marijuana. Someone at the party was showing off a 9mm handgun to others when Roth picked it up. Look at this. Thinking the gun was not loaded. You're always wrong. Uh. He put it to his face and pulled the trigger. The bullet tore through his cheek and exited in his uh, forehead. Uh-huh. Uh, Jessica Spooner, who's a guest about two doors down, heard the racket. She thought fireworks went out. Suddenly, it was followed by silence and then a loud bang. Where was this? Salem. Oh, excellent. Fantastic. She said, I was like... Was that a gun? We didn't even know there was a party going on. <laughs> Is that a gun? We didn't know there was a party. There were all these kids running down the street away from the house. That's a great phrase because it indicates that in Salem, in the Salem mindset, guns and parties are inextricably linked. They are one and the same. All right. A lion's man. There's a place called Lions, Oregon. You're in the lion's man. He didn't show up for jury duty in Marion County and now faces contempt of court charges. Daryl Edward Huber could serve 180 days in jail if convicted. Uh, Huber apparently, uh, let's see, was uh, granted eight jury duty continuances over the past year, and at one point wrote to the county saying, quote, I'm not coming, and you can't make me come. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's about to find out that that is incorrect. Yes. The government doesn't like to be told they can't make, because you know what it is? That's totally that thing with the Gilligan episode. You can't make me. You can't make me. And then he cuts to him in jail. Mm-hmm. By the way, we should note that remember that uh, remember how I got Sarah Dill- uh, not got her out of jury duty, but when I explained to Multnomah County, you can't make her come. It was an, you can't make. Let me just say this right now to anybody who's listening: you cannot make Sarah Dillon serve jury duty. You can't do it. I dare you. I defy you. Will you stop? So I wrote this whole letter explaining, honestly, quite truthfully, that it would be an unreasonable hardship on the uh, on CBS radio for you to be excused for jury duty because no one can do what Katie Sarah does. Katie Couric, yes. Sarah Dillon, no. Oh, yes, please take Katie Couric. Please. Please, for the love of God. Um, but it, and So since then, by the way, two other employees who I will not name have come to me and asked if I would write them the same letter. So there you go. So it is... What uh, department do they work in? Um, I better not say. People who could conceivably... People to, for whom I could conceivably write some sort of supervisory letter. 
I won't identify them. I'm just saying. Uh, so, so you're the only supervisor of a finite amount of people. Well, I'm just well. There's you know there there's the, there's us on the show, uh, and then there's some uh, uh, you know there's some other people who do. Uh, Try. I don't want to identify who it is. I'm just saying that apparently the letter I wrote for Sarah is not the gold standard for extricating people from jury duty. And, of course, the irony is that all of the people that I'm helping to avoid jury duty are like the smartest people here. You know what I mean? I mean, morons go to jury duty all the time. All the people who are getting out of jury duty are just, they're all whip smart. So, of course, they, you know, they'd rather be somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Anyway, this is why OJ gets off, you know. All right, here's Tim Riley. Here's another town nobody's ever heard of. Maybe this, too, is near Lake Billy. This is called Turbon, Oregon. Turbon. Mm-hmm. T-E-R-R-B-O-N-N-E. Turbon. Turbon. That sounds, that sounds, it looks French. Seems French. I know. And because we're Americans, we're not very good at finding things on maps. No. No, of course, of course not. Why, whatever are you referring to, Tim? Recent polls have shown a fifth of Americans can't locate the U.S. on a world map. Why do you think this is? I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that. And uh, I believe that our ed- education, like such as in South such Africa as. and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and ah. I believe that they should, uh, our education over here in the U.S. should help the U.S. or should help South Africa and should help the Iraq and the Asian countries. So we will be able to build up our future for us. You know, Thank sometimes you uh, South Carolina. Sometimes Tom like as a show just does itself. Do you know what I mean? All right. Anyway, well, that's so. one child left behind. <laughs> <laughs> she talks just like her commander in chief. It is. It is good. Yeah, and it is, by the way, good that, that her very her closing words are that she wants to pass this intelligence along to the next generation. All right. Uh, so what were you saying? Iraq or a map? Or we're not very good with maps here? Well, we don't know where Terrebonne, Oregon is. Well, Scotty was able to clarify that it is. Iraq is located. At, what was it? Deep within South America? Yes. Was that it? That's close enough. Wasn't that guy calling at the top of the show about that? And the guy at the top of the show wanted to know why we didn't pursue that. But really, there's, that's, you've sort of hit the ceiling with that comment. There's just nowhere to go from there. All right. Okay. Anyway, Terrebonne. Yeah. Uh, that, this was the location of a boss-employee argument, ending with the employee... Uh, well, smacking your supervisor in the back with a sledgehammer. Well done. This happened at a construction site in Terrebonne. Uh, Kenneth Keyes, who's 45, had an argument with his 30-year-old supervisor, Joseph Post, earlier in the day. Later, Keyes struck Post in the back with a sledgehammer. Another worker restrained Keyes and took the sledgehammer away from him. Keyes had then left the job site on foot. Deputies arrested Keyes on charges of assault with an unlawful use of a weapon. You know they found him at a bar. You know they either found him at a bar or at home watching soaps. Doesn't say. No. His uh, bail is $55,000. Oh, we've got, uh, hi, somebody about Terrebonne. Hello, sir. Rick, how's it going? Hey, what's up? Terrebonne is on Highway 97 in East Morgan. Is it near Is it near Lake Billy? It's in between Madras and Redmond or Redmond and Bent. Somewhere over there. There's no, no place that matters. No. It's between two cities we don't care about. All right. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Yep. All right. There you go. It's it's the empty part of Oregon that doesn't have cell phone coverage. Once you go outside cell phone coverage, those if, are places you don't want to be. If Verizon doesn't acknowledge it, sir, then it, it is dead to us. It's Absolutely. Not a thing we care. As you know it what it should it, be. You know what those cities are like? Those cities are like um the it, that those cities are sort of the LMNOP 
of the uh, of the geography world. You know what I mean? No one really cares about those letters. No. Everybody kind of knows A, B, C, D, and then once you get to like around L, it's just elemental P. Dull, just one big swath of beige right in the middle. And then it gets interesting again down at the, you know, W, X, Y, Z. But it, it's section. like the far right of the AM radio band. <laughs> Yes, it is. Once you get past a thousand, it really doesn't matter the anymore. The Ohio election was stolen. All right. Uh, let's see, Rick. I'm fairly certain that our lovely. You know what we ought to do? You know what we ought to what do? What should as, we do? As a public service, because there are we do so. there are any number of people who listen to this station who might be interested in current events or things of a political nature who maybe have a, uh, as we're not legally required to say, progressive bent to them. We ought to just do a 30 second summary of the Randy Road Show every day. You know. Just sort of boil it down to people. Is that program still on? Well, I think so. I mean, it's hard to tell. They it's, keep promising that network's going to go bankrupt, but it's still around. No, it's gone bankrupt. It just doesn't, you know. It's, it, here's the thing with Air America. I don't get off of the whole thing about Air America, but the deal with Air America is Air America is like uh, one of those uh, episodes of MASH where there's a guy who's brain dead, but, like, his body doesn't know it yet, and there's a whole debate about the nature of man's soul because, like, he's brain dead, but his heart keeps pumping for, like, another four hours. That's sort of the deal with Air America, because I think they've gone bankrupt like four different times. And they just sort of hang around. They lose a host about every 90 days. I mean, first they lost what's-his-name, and then they lost that guy. Then I think they lost that other guy. Then what's-his-name went away. All, all of their marquee programming. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, but it's so hard to tell if what's her, if Randy Rhodes is on vacation or not. You know what I mean? Because ever seriously, how would you know if it was a new Randy Rhodes program? Do you tune in? You know what Randy Rhodes listening to Randy Rhodes is like having one of those old emergency broadcast system tones like beamed shrieking directly into your frontal lobe. You know what I mean? It just rattles the fillings right out of your head. Um, let's see, we have this from our good friend Kristen Bowie. Rick, I'm fairly certain that our vending machine is bolted to the floor to avoid a weekend board op acquiring a Darwin Award. Um, that might be true. That might explain why Dave Zinn and I, despite our best efforts, have not been able to move it to get my, uh, stupid freaking cliff bar out of there. All right. Uh, here's... Something uh, cliff bar. I know you get the donuts. I do, I do not. To be fa- I don't net. Uh, to be fair, I don't ever do that. Now, I don't, I'm not saying I just need help with it. I will get Pop-Tarts. I'll get Pop-Tarts. I like Sun Chips. Uh, what else? Every now and then. They don't have Hershey bars in there, which is the plain old regular Hershey's, regrettably, so I have to get M&M's occasionally. Um, uh, and uh, the Cliff Bars. But I don't ever get those donut things. They're just revolting. And frankly, if I want donuts, there's enough donut dust here every Monday morning that I can just, uh, on Tim's microphone, that I can just assemble a donut for what's left over on Tim's section of the board. I, I don't see the, the purpose of those, those donuts. You pick them up, and you end up wearing whatever was on the donut. Well, some people don't mind that, Tim. Let me just say this. A final note about the vending machine. You know what I ate out of the vending machine yesterday? I don't know. It's an exciting new bit. What did Rick eat out of the vending machine? They were sitting there, speaking of mystifying, they were puzzling me for weeks. And so I finally bought these potato chips that were in the vending machine, and they were called, I swear to God. Are these the ones you've been babbling about? Death Rain. I mean, what kind of a name for a potato chip is Death Rain? And the answer... The, and they were only the medium. Are they from Umatilla? <laughs> They're from Hermiston. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> Strontium 90. Melon season is over, so <laughs> Half-Life potato chips. Um, the, no, the, they were only the medium spice, but I swear to you, it's like the inside of my mouth had been dipped in kerosene and set on fire. And I like That's spicy things. 
They were uh, they were punishment chips. They're some sort of weird hell chip. It was like eating fire ants. I mean, they were good, but boy, howdy, they were hot. Anywho, here's Tim Riley. Well, Dunkin' Donuts has announced its menu will be dropping trans fat by mid-October. Dr. Mark Siegel of the NYU School of Medicine, who studies donuts, uh, says they will still be unhealthy. That's what's going to happen with the donuts. Donuts are loaded with cream, with fat with sugar, and the fat is no good. Lard is terrible for you. I mean, look, trans fats are bad for the heart, but fats, period, are bad for the body. Did okay. Mark Siegel, a donut expert. Did he, just have, did he have to go to school, really, to say that lard is bad for you? Yes, he studied this extensively. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, this uh, donut eater doesn't want anything to change. I like the way they are now. I doubt that since they've taken that fries, ah. a lot of places don't like the fries because gives them a different taste. This team South Carolina. Yeah. I, I like the the fries in in the, the my mouth. That's genius. That's wonderful. I don't know what trans fats are. I'm not trying they're to be bad for you. But, but I don't even know what they are. Oh and no, they're good for you. I'm don't sorry. call and explain it. But see, are they are they good or bad? Good. Trans fats? No, I'm sorry, they're bad. I thought they're bad. They're bad. See, that's what I'm saying. I don't know, and this is not. An, I'm not trying to be willfully ignorant. Well, I don't. I don't eat anything. It's other it, oh, trans fats in this. I mean, you don't think about it. Right? No, and I'm just saying, don't bother to call and explain it because it won't make any sense to us. I mean, you know what it is. People from China will just put them back in. You don't know. <laughs> Wait, hold on. This lead doesn't have trans fats in it, does it? The the thing about trans fats, it's like when people go, well, you know, no, 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 Rick, this is uh, this is good cholesterol. Well, what the hell does that mean? What is good cholesterol? It's like good fat. Yeah, like but when you is, eat avocado, it's but, like, oh, it has the good fat. But what does that even mean? Some fat is good for you. Is it going to make my ass big? I mean, no. that's the thing. Well, good fat doesn't? No, it does not. Well, then why is it called fat? If some, it doesn't make... fat is good. If it keeps you thin, why is it called fat, Tim? Oh, fat is not a... A, uh, a, a fat fat. <laughs> necessarily. See? See? No one understands this. Well, you have to talk to this good doctor at NYU who Jesus. studies donuts. Oh, all right. He knows more than I do. This is, as Tim Savage once noted, this is like that whole thing about how every six months they change their mind about whether eggs are bad or good for you. So, anyway. Nobody all right. So this what he says right now. Fatty, fatty, fat, fat. <laughs> well, I'm happy to use old Tim Savage observations until we get new ones. All right. Okay. Uh, President Bush visited Seattle yesterday. Did you know that? He was in uh, Bellevue. And uh, some protesters are out there, too. What do we want? Impeachment! What do we want in hell? What do we want? Impeachment! What do we want They want a peach pit? Oh, God, that is so embarrassing. That's like PCU. Wait, hold on. There's six years What do we old. want impeachment? When do we want it now? Oh, I thought they wanted peach pits. Play yeah. it again. It sounds like peach pit. What do we want? A peach pit. They want someone to come play at the Peach Pit. The Peach Pit After Dark? Yes, exactly. You know there's actually a club called the Peach Pit? I did not. Know. Like somewhere in Tannisborn. Or not, not Tannisborn. No, what's that not. other place? What's that other really like white place? Like Cocktails and Dreams? Uh, yeah. Um, so where was that at, Tim? Uh, Bellevue. Well, screw them. Uh, this uh, Bush supporter says anti-war demonstrations are not the right answer. And I really believe that we're being hurt by people like this who are making such an issue against the war because it's hard on the troops who are fighting over there who probably don't want to be there. I love Nobody the, wants to be at war. I love the idea that it's not that they're being shot at and blown into pieces that's hard on the troops. It's that someone over here is speaking. Yeah, and I love that they're like what what you know people protesting outside, not somehow hurting the people in Iraq. Seriously, it's they're not being hurt by the fact that they're being bombed by friendly fire all the time. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Yes, it was protesters that hurt Pat Tillman. All right. Well, well if we don't whatever. do something about it, the terrorists are going to take over Bellevue. Do you want that to happen? <laughs> well, 
I mean, I've been to they Bellevue. Might be better off. Uh, Rick, why don't you bring some fruit from home, lard ass? Oh, there was fruit upstairs today. It was right next to a big bowl of M and M's. Guess, guess I which one I went to. Stay there for the next month. <laughs> Is it still upstairs in the conference room? There's a big uh, no. There's a big uh, M and M's or fruit. Fruit. There was a box of of spray free. Because uh, they were from someone's farm, I think someone's home here. Uh, they were. It, not, listener well, it wasn't listener food. Oh, it is was it the pork lady. No, it's not the pork lady. She works over at Coin. Oh. Um, the the pork lady. <laughs> you the pork lady. Yeah. Well, she was gonna bring some fresh pork. Um, fresh pork. Have some fresh pork. No, there's a big box of plums upstairs. I think they were plums. They were either plums or pluots. Uh, but they were that, right. That's a bit too healthy for the people. Well, no, no, no. They were right next to a big thing of M and M's. And man, I just took a big handful of M and M's and went back to my office. I passed right over the plums. If somebody put M&M's inside the fruit, that might work. <laughs> Seriously. If, there was, if they could take that hey, fruit Dave and then Zin. wrap it in a candy shell. and Dave Zin, if you have a few spare yeah. moments today. Could you glue some M&M's to these pluots? <laughs> that would make them fantastic. All right. I just, uh, yeah. Um, uh, God, really? Okay. Well, look, we've got something about fat. And something about a guy hitting a post. Uh, do you, I wonder if it's about a real guy hitting an actual post or if it's about musically speaking. What do you think? Do we think it's a musical post or a guy hitting an actual post? He may have hit the post while trying to hit the post. That would be a great way to die. Uh, that's how I'll die. Hello, Brian. Hey, hello, Rick, Sarah, and Tim. What's uh, up? Tim, so th- this, first of all, it sounded like Scotty had a great weekend, and I'm, I'm, I'm really happy for him. But that wasn't why I called. Oh, I'm sorry. Was that sarcasm or are you being serious? A little both. <laughs> okay. Well, fair enough. 60, okay. Sixty forty. All right. Uh, no, no. Uh, Tim, what was the name of the, the guy in Terrebon? The the guy that got hit with the sledgehammer. His last name was. Hold on. We'll look it up. We shred okay, these stories it, as soon as. This, oh, it's this is a this is a classic. Uh, well, you'll see. Uh, let's see here. The supervisor is Joseph Post. So the guy who hit him, he was obviously practicing oh, his radio a, skills. So he hit the post. Can I get a? Barely. Thank you. There you go. Was that, that it? Was, uh, thank, thank you, sir. But, hey, it's good that they're listening to remember yeah. this. No, it's true. See, people remember this information. This no. is the good stuff. No, it's well. You know, can I just say this? And I mean this with all, really, I mean, with all. Sit here and talk about terrorists, but nobody's going to remember. It's no. not going to happen. No, seriously. It's here's what people people care about that and fat and uh, you know and uh, various observations about the about bad David Duchovny films. That's what people care about. Yeah. The the audience, though, does it astound you sometimes the things that we only say once that the audience remembers forever? Well, usually we find that out at listener parties. And it's true, but then you remember that thing you said about, and it's like a thing we barely remember saying. No, you know why? Here's a good example of that. Remember that terrible interview we played that was Mary Miller interviewing uh, Holly Hunter? Mm-hmm. And where, it, where the guy actually had to shout into her headphones, talk, you know, and then she said it out loud. She goes, talk. Ah. Then we had that guy call up, and he actually started his call with that. I said, hey, it's Dave on the Rick Emerson Show. And he waited and he goes, talk. Hi, Rick. I just want to, I mean, that's a thing that we just, I mean, uh, and I didn't notice until Sarah pointed it out. I mean, the audience really hears everything, and they retain just some of the weirdest, greatest stuff. Stuff that we just say is like a throwaway observation. Uh, they'll latch right onto. Let's do one more. Hi. Uh, hello. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Uh, this is this is Tim, and I have a question for you. You're talking about fat, and here's something weird to ponder. You know, a cow eats nothing but grass and hay and stuff like that, and yet they're loaded with fat. You know, we're, it's not like they're eating Hershey bars and milkshakes. That's what? a good question. Where does the fat in cows come from? I can't figure it out. That is really weird. <laughs> Maybe Amzi will know. No. Well, I don't know. I think they're... Busy having a bake sale or something out there. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, goodbye. I don't really know the answer to that. That's oh, weird. There we go. I'm it's just, a large animal. 
by nature. Okay, but cows aren't supposed to be small. Now look, you give me find a typical fat human and put him in front of me, and if we feed him nothing but greens, he will not stay fat. And cows don't expend any energy either. They don't run, they don't jog, they don't lift weights. Well, that's one of the reasons. No, but I'm saying... They're a lazy animal. But where does the fat come from but if they're just eating greens? It seems like they couldn't possibly... It seems like there couldn't possibly be enough calories in grass to give you a lot of fat on your body. Yet cows have been around for years. This is like that whole time we had the discussion about whether there were wild cows. Maybe some 4-H kids are listening now. Who... now. I don't think there are 4-H kids anymore, are there? There must be. Oh, let me you ask you this. Do you know anything today? They're, no. They're, they're, today. There are small towns outside of here that do nothing but graze cows. 4-H clubs still exist. Yeah, I suppose it does. What are the 4-Hs? Go. I don't know. Yeah. Hands. Hearts. Hump. Health. Hula. Heroin. <laughs> Is that 4 <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. All right, it's 503-733-2970. Maybe we should have asked Miss Up, Carol. I don't, I don't really know where we were going. That all just kind of fell apart. Mm -hmm. I uh, I had a song here that references. I swear to God, I had a song here that references the 4-H Club. I was going to try to I was going to try to play us into break with that. Where the hell did it go? Now it's it seems to be. Uh, oh, here we go. All right, I'll just play us into break here, sir. Uh, speaking, I'll play us into break with a song from God's Country. Uh, back after this, it is the Rick Emerson radio program. We re, uh, we return momentarily. More of Tim Riley. You stay right there. Don't go anywhere. Marion and Wanda were the best of friends all through the high school days. Both members of the 4-H club, both active in the FFA. After graduation, Marion was looking for a bright new world. Wanda Radio program. Rick, those egg babies were the best. You only had to have them one year during high school. That was your freshman year, of course. You'd always know it was egg baby time. You'd see the carcasses of egg babies smashed against lockers, walls, floors, windows, you name it. It's egg baby time. Upper, upperclassmen love to destroy your egg babies. That's just something wrong. Uh, we'll uh, return to the uh, news in just a moment. This is about, uh, well, hello, Nathan. Hi. Hey. Hey. I'm telling you why cows have fat. Okay, they why do cows it, have fat if they only eat grass? They create it naturally. Our bodies would create it naturally as well. The reason we have fat people is because they eat too much fat. 
We would have we would create our fat naturally if we just ate plants and grasses anyway. Does that make sense? No. Let me <laughs> No, here's here's the thing. Okay, if I let's all picture a fat person that we know. There are plenty of them. I think we're all picturing the same person. Um, they okay. You bring the fat person in here, and oh, then no, I don't want to look at that. for like a month, and then you strip them naked, Tim. Oh, oh stop! And then and then you roll them in some sort of canola type oil. No, you bring a fat person in, and then you feed them nothing but grass for two months. They're not going to be fat anymore, right? True. Okay. But they cow, still have a percentage of body fat. So you're saying still... that, that in in a cow's uh, DNA, it is just the the fat. Uh, output switch basically is just set higher. I guess you could say that. Their bodies I... are just designed to naturally create more fat out of whatever they are fed, to retain right. more, well, to it, keep it, more it, of it. Yes, it's a survival tool, just like whales have tons of blubber. Okay. They don't uh, eat things, you know. That does make sense because uh, because fat is, of course, uh, fat in human beings. Uh, is a holdover from the era in which there was no refrigeration and you had to use your body as a place basically to store food for periods of time when there was no food. Fat was a survival mechanism. You're right about that. Excellent. All right. Thank you, sir. Hey, no problem. That does make sense. That's nature. Here's Tim Riley. That was becoming too cerebral. Yeah, I know. Therefore, we, had... we now turn to Miss Teen South Carolina. Thank you. Excellent. Who was on the television today. Uh, give it a second chance to explain herself. She says she only heard a, a couple of words of the uh, original uh, question. Huh? That's what she said. Everything did come at me at once. Um, I was overwhelmed, and I made a mistake. Everybody makes a mistake. I'm human. Everybody mistake. makes a mistake. Uh, Everyone make mistake. Everything did come at me at once. Um, I was overwhelmed, and I made a mistake. Everybody makes a mistake. I'm human. So let's uh, answer the question correctly, then. Well, personally, my friends and I, we know exactly where the United States is on our map. I don't know anyone else who doesn't, and if the statistics are correct, I believe that there should be more emphasis on geography and our education so people will learn how to read maps oh, better. Please, please ask a follow-up question, because you know she scripted that. You know someone else scripted that, and she spent all night memorizing it. Yeah. Please, did they ask a follow-up question? No. Because you know that, that was those, the only one. Oh, uh, because you know morons like that. They memorize the one, the one-line answer, and then if you just lean on like that, it, oh man, it just it just collapses like a house of cards. Are you? Oh, this sucks. Somebody sent me an, a, 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 a video clip. Mm -hmm. Listen to how tantalizing this sounds. Rick, here is Miss South Carolina being translated by an MSNBC Arabic translator. Wouldn't you love to see an Arabic translator having to translate that idiot gibberish she said over the weekend? But the video is not available. Oh, wait, here we go. Let's see. To be. So. All right, so this, now this is Dan Abrams, but it's, okay, I'm going to have to let it play to the end. Apparently, I'll let this play and I'll rejoin it here in a while. It's like some 12-minute stupid video that I don't care about. Uh, but I guess at the end, there's an Arabic translator having to having to interpret what the, uh, the the idiot Miss Carolina girl said. All right, fantastic. Here's Tim Riley. So apparently, uh, Idaho's editor uh, Larry Craig wanted to tire his luck in the uh, public restroom at the airport in, in Minnesota. You're going to have a, a better variety of men that you're going to find at one of those Idaho outhouses. Apparently so. I have the whole rundown here. Fantastic. Uh, the cop inside of the first stall said, I see an older man, a white man with gray hair standing outside my stall. Sexy. He was standing... I wish I had some music with this. Oh, wait, hold on. Sarah, do we have soap opera music? Do we have the porn uh, music? Excellent. Oh, this is perfect. So this is the uh, the police officer's account of the senator. He wanted a little something more than the regular things that you find in a toilet stall at an airport. 
At 12.13 hours, I see an older white man with gray hair standing outside my stall. He was standing about three feet away and had a roller bag with him. The male later admitted that by his driver's license, yes, he was Larry Craig. I could see Craig through the crack of the door. Craig would look down at his hands, fidget with his fingers, and then look through the crack of my stall again. Ha! He would repeat this cycle for about hey two now. minutes. I was able to see Craig's blue eyes as he looked into my stall. Oh, oh creepy. creepy. Oh, that's so creepy. Imagine sitting there in your stall trying to get your business done, and there's a pair of blue eyes peering in the cr- Jesus, that's unnerving. Mm-hmm. I mean, whatever one's persuasion, the pair of a pair of blue eyes just appearing at your stall, where you are, it is the most private of moments. So then he waits for that stall to be uh, empty next door. So then he moves into the stall next door. And at 12.15, Craig tapped his right foot. I recognize this as a symbol used by persons wishing to engage in lewd conduct. Uh, Craig tapped his what? toes several times. Well, people who want to engage in lewd conduct, probably. They tapped tap- toes. Okay, you got a question why that guy would know that. Well, because he has plenty of experience doing this. Yes. So he was tapping his toes. Uh, then several times, and then moved his foot closer to my foot, said the police officer in the next stall. So I moved my foot up and down slowly. Ah. While this was occurring, the mayor in the stall to my right was still present. I could hear several unknown persons in the restroom that appeared to use the restroom for its intended purposes. Jesus. Oh, wait. So, oh, God. So, okay. So, wow. Let me get this straight. So the cop is in, is in, is in the stall. The guy to his left, a senator, Republican Senator Larry Craig, tapping his, toe. tapping his foot, which I guess you could almost write that off as a guy tapping his foot, whatever, Rest, restless foot syndrome, whatever. So then the, he rubs his foot against the cop's foot. Mm-hmm. The presence of others did not seem to deter uh, Craig well, as course. he moved his right foot so it touched the side of my left foot. And then he's in my stall area. Oh, see, that's how. That's right then. That's when you know it's all BS because of the senator. Because, he, because he, guys, you know. Guys, women, anybody, when you're in the bathroom, you, you keep within your own zone. You know what I mean? Well, that goes for anywhere, right? And then, well, yeah, I mean, you just you stay within your own whatever. But the, the fact that he said that he didn't appear to be deterred by the fact that there were other people in the bathroom also apparently getting it on. Hmm. Uh, all right. And so so uh, then I saw uh, Craig swipe his hand under the stall divider for a few seconds. The, swap, uh, the swipe went in the direction from the door side of the stall toward the back wall. His palms facing toward the ceiling as he guided it to the stall divider. I was only able to see the tips of the fingers from my side. A guy trying to, first of all, the guy peering into your stall while you're sitting on the toilet and then shoving his hand into the stall. Mm-hmm. There really are no alternate explanations for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, then he could see his fingers and he swept his hand in the same motion for a third time. I could see that it was Craig's left hand due to the position of his thumb. I could also uh. see the gold ring of his ring finger. Ah. At 12:19, I Love held my always Janice. At 12:19, I held my police identification with my right hand down to the floor so that Craig could see it. With my left hand near the door, I pointed toward the exit. Craig responded, "No." That has got to suck more than no. anything. That is the worst moment ever. If you're uh, if this guy, you're some Republican uh, senator, mm-hmm. um, and you're in a bathroom clearly trying to get your get your sex on with some some guy, and you reach your hand into there, clearly trying to solicit a sex act. And then what does he shove back at you? A badge. That is the worst moment. You are so owned at that moment. You are beyond owned. That is for the win and for the checkmate. Uh, so uh, he pointed toward the exit. Craig exited the stall with his roller bags without flushing the toilet. Not that he did anything in it. Gross. Uh, without causing a disturbance, I discreetly motioned to Craig to exit the restroom. 
And uh, he also noticed that all the stalls were occupied. Craig demanded to see my credentials again. I showed Craig my credentials. He kept asking what was going to happen. I told Craig he would be able to speak in private. He said he would not go. I told Craig he was under arrest. He had to go. So then they left. Outside the restroom, Craig stopped at the entrance and was hesitant to comply. I told Craig uh, he would, we would speak in a private area without embarrassing him. Private area. He was still hesitant to follow, but he did comply. He followed me toward the police operations center. And uh, let's see. Once they got there. Oh, by the way. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Let's see here. So, so, they, so they arrested the guy. So then he pulls out his identification in the bag, and Craig hands a cop a business card that identified himself as a U.S. senator and stated, What do you think about that? I think your life just got a whole lot worse. The best thing he could have done is to just say, sorry, misunderstanding. How about I just go and it won't happen again. What or you... the cop could have put a, a sexual aid in his hand when he passed his hand underneath it, but not that of a white man. No. That no. would have really shocked him. Then he would have really run. <laughs> what the guy, the, the, the mistake the guy did made, I mean, one of many, many hundreds of mistakes. Well, this is the time he got caught. He's, well, like, yeah, I mean, and he's an old pro at this, apparently. Knows how to I was just going to say, if one knows all the signals, mm-hmm. um, clearly uh, this is sort of his hobby. What do you do? Well, I solicit gay sex from strangers in bathrooms when I'm not I busy. I see his blue eyes through the crack as he's staring. <laughs> when I'm not busy voting against same-sex marriage. Um, so he also, by the way, you'll never guess who's uh, guess whose presidential campaign he works. Romney. Yes, not anymore. No, no. Mitt Romney told that guy to go get bent. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there you go. Let's see here. Um, Blah, 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 blah. His spokesperson, Nancy Peters, said that he's going to be paying some fines. Uh, Senate GOP leaders said they were shocked. Shocked they were. Shocked by the idea that he might have been doing this. Um, Blah, blah, blah. In 2006, you'll never... This here's another surprise. In 2006, a gay activist said he'd spoken with numerous men who had sexual encounters with Craig, which, again, is not anything I really care about, except for the fact that he constantly votes against gay rights and same-sex marriage. Um, so, um, da, 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 the conservative senator has supported an amendment to the Constitution banning same-sex marriage and voted for the Defense of Marriage Act of the 1990s. Craig, who served in the National Guard, has also repeatedly spoken out against gays serving in the military. He was also, by the way, for, this is really just the icing on the proverbial, on the homophobic cake. He was also a member of the Singing Senators, a now defunct Republican barbershop quartet featuring John Ashcroft and Trent Lott. Oh, that's going to put all kinds of bad images in your head, whether you want them there or not. That's wonderful. Well done, uh, whoever you are, Senator Larry Craig. Fantastic. But just remember, the next time you go to the airport and have to use the stall, chances are, if you see someone stealing blue eyes peeking through the crack, it's oh, going be your local Republican part. senator. Jesus Christ. Imagine, I mean, even if it's just some guy who's a little, who's a nutcase, even if he's some guy who just likes looking into toilets, the idea of sitting on a toilet and then you see a pair of steely blue eyes gazing through the crack in the door at you. That's just um, that's among the most unnerving images I've heard. All right, fantastic. Well, Let's... how about a healthy backyard barbecue? How about it? This Labor Day, it doesn't mean uh, it has to be unhealthy. How about some hamburgers, ribs, potato salad? No, they're loaded with fat. Oh. Fat, fat, fat. But it's the good fat. Mm-hmm. The, the kind of good fat that you like. Cleveland Clinic nutritionist Ava Penniman said <laughs> there are ways to grill up a healthy barbecue. We recommend to have uh, five servings of fruits and vegetable a day. That never and a good uh, a way to get that in is actually through grilling. You can make kebabs with meat or chicken and maybe throw on some pineapple, peppers, mushrooms, onions, and you have yourself a few servings of vegetables, yet you're still barbecuing and it's part of the fun, and you also have a healthy dinner. You know what I like to say? Kebab rod. 
That's that thing that you put kebabs on when you're going to grill them. Kebab rod. That's a phrase that never gets old to me. Well, Senator Craig likes his kebab. <laughs> Would you like to kebab my rod? Uh, right. uh, don't eat foods just because you put it on a table. And if you can keep in mind, keep the portions under control. Oh, Watch yes. what you're putting on your plate. Sure. Americans are all about portion control. Size. Usually that's about a half a cup, for example, of baked beans, um, maybe one ear of corn on the cob, and maybe a small lean hamburger. Uh-huh. There's yeah. nothing... Uh, how about a, yeah, have a plate of baked beans. <laughs> whatever, whatever you say. Sounds really satisfying. Mmm, fantastic. Uh, what else is going on? Well, now the uh, president is uh, rabble-rousing with, uh, who's our enemy today? Oh, it's Iran again. And Iran's active pursuit of technology that could lead to nuclear weapons. Threatens to put a region already known for instability and violence. Under the shadow of a nuclear holocaust. So the question is, <laughs> what is the, the question, question is, Tim? How do they still come up with people to sit in the audience and look at him with a straight face while he does this? I, does he know? I, I don't really know the answer. I mean, I think here is, is it a box lunch deal? Are these extras like <laughs> <laughs> they're like seed fillers at the Emmys? Mm-hmm. Look, uh, now look, you'll, you'll get uh, you'll get scale. You'll get four hundred and eighty dollars. Uh, that's that is the SAG minimum. And uh, you'll get to go to the commissary. Uh, and uh, so what we need you to do is to sit there in the audience and to uh, and just nod. just please don't laugh. Uh, yeah, we would like you to keep a, a neutral uh, expression on your face. If you want to applaud, that is great. Uh, if you feel like you want to stand and uh, and, and maybe look teary-eyed, and uh, please wear uh, something on your lapel, a flag, uh, something like that, something of this nature. Just don't laugh. Please don't not smile. Uh, we ask you to not giggle helplessly every time the president mangles a simple three-syllable word that can be mastered by even the smallest of children. Here's my whole thing. So how is it it's still possible that he can do this? No, here's what I don't understand is, well, I think I figured it out. I think the deal with him saying nuclear is that... I think he knows, but he considers it some sort of... Mar- because, you know, think about this. That constant- an everyman type of thing. Well, it's not an everyman kind of thing, but think yeah. about what what does he hear every time he turns out... He probably doesn't watch the news. I think he's the one who said... No, he doesn't read newspapers. That's what he said. Bush doesn't read newspapers. Um, I think the deal is... The closest anybody can, because look, no one can really praise him for being like the sharpest knife in the drawer, but the closest thing that he ever gets to a compliment is when people say, well, you know what, the president doesn't back down or change his beliefs based on opinion polls. He says and does what he thinks is right, regardless of whether people make fun of it or not, or whether people think it's the wrong thing. And I guess that's kind of a compliment, that he gets praised so often for not bowing to sort of the intelligentsia in this country. So I think when it was pointed out to him, because it had to have been pointed out to him, him, you know, in, at least at, you know, what is that thing he went to? School? That it's pronounced nuclear? Mm-hmm. I think that to him, he's, I think he keeps saying nuclear as a sort of defiance. I think that's really what it is. I think he says it because he thinks that it makes him look like a man who will not do what others tell him to do. I really honestly, I'm not trying to make too more than this than it is, but I do think it is that. I think that he has, uh, I think he has this whole um, adversarial relationship with sort of academia uh, and people who are, you know, brainy. And I think that he considers saying nuclear some sort of, it's like a mark of his independence, that he's not going to pronounce it the way he's repeatedly told to. He's going to say it the way he wants to say it. But, you know, the thing is, we haven't heard him use that word in so long, and I thought I, was, I think I was numb to it for a while. But it's sort of like having, as I said, it's like having a donut when you haven't had one for a year and it just tastes like lard. Hearing him say nuclear after not being warned that it was coming really was just like someone. It, it really was just be like like being kicked in the brain there. The murderers uh. 
and beheaders, beheaders are not the true face of Islam. They are the face of evil. They seek to exploit religion as a path to power. Really, do they? means to dominate <laughs> the Middle East. I personally believe that U.S. Americans are unable to do so yeah. because uh, some people out there in our nation don't have that. And uh, I believe that our ed education, like such as in South Africa and uh, the Iraq, everywhere like such as, and I believe... Dangers in other parts of the world, such as Europe and Asia, <laughs> directly affect our security here at home. Yeah, nuclear. All right, let me see if I've got, uh, okay, well, let's, and I've got this Dan Abrams thing that I'm trying to get queued up, where I haven't, I have not pre-watched this, so I don't actually know if it's amusing. Someone claims that it's amusing, uh, but it's uh, like an Arabic translator having to, having to interpret what this idiot girl from South Carolina said, who, by the way, doesn't sound any smarter the second day. <laughs> when, she, when she got a chance to rehearse that, she didn't sound any brighter. Apparently there's some other uh, clip floating around of her answering some other question about something, and I don't think it's as gold as the one about, uh, about Iraq, but, I mean, really, what, what could be? I mean, that really is just, that's a free bird there. You're not going to, uh, let's see here. If I've got the... Christians as being the demons, and, in fact... No, for the love of God, no. All right, this is, he's still, somebody's still droning on about, hi, you're on the uh, Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hi. Uh, back to the, uh, the the senator reaching under the under the stall thing. Uh, a friend of mine went in <laughs> using the bathroom at a stall, and and I, I was in there as well. I, I wasn't eating in there, but I, I had had a brownie, and I scooped the frosting off the top of the brownie. Wait, hold on. Let's, uh, let's, let's, let's just, let's put a, what, let's stop here. Where was this, hap where was this? It was just in a public restroom. So you're eating a brownie in the toilet? No, 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 no. I knew that he was going in there, and I had a brownie. I, I, I was oh, eating one outside. No, I, no, no. You don't like this? No. We really got to draw I think we find this there. distasteful, sir. I reached under the stall and yeah, said, hey, yeah, you got me going uh, Yeah, right, thanks. And, and Thank we, you. And we used rodent glue <laughs> to get some envelopes out of a mailbox <laughs> to go buy more methamphetamine. Thank you, sir. I appreciate the call. Not really. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show hello hello yeah i think we got the the funny thing was he could have just given us the component parts of that story and i think we all knew immediately where it was going i think we we're able to jump right to the bottom of that particular page that's Thank you. an element we really don't need There's a call, call again you know some other time about something else if you have something to buy sell swap trade or give away <laughs> hi hello hello hi 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 uh, i was talking about the uh, celebrity resemblance yes i think uh, you most resemble bob odenkirk from mr show what really? Yeah. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. I don't really know. I don't really know whether that's true or not. Uh, I guess it, it would be wrong of me to sort of judge judge this myself. That's the sort of thing yeah. that I guess someone else. Yeah. Would you, do. You, you never you never think you look like what everybody says you do. No, so. it's true. All right, Bob Odenkirk. All right, <laughs> All right thank you, sir. I appreciate. Bye. it. All right. Is that the guy that played the couples counselor in Arrested Development? David, David, his sidekick. Yes. Yeah, the guy who's not David Cross. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that I really see that. Much more so than that. Uh... Hi, mm. ah, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey. Hey. Couple of, couple of thoughts. Yeah. Um, you know, so uh, George is talking about the beheaders. Yeah. And we've got uh, Saudi Arabia, one of our greatest allies. Oh, it's their sport. It's the national sport there. Yeah, yeah, they're on record. They're on track to uh, to break their beheading record this year. Well, let's all wish them Godspeed. 
Yes, yes, absolutely. I pray for them. And uh, uh, Scotty J, is he doing this a lot? Is he? Because I just quit smoking a couple weeks ago. No, he's and not I'm... actually. Scotty's I'm... not. Uh, Scotty's not clearing his throat at all these days. Yeah, see, I, I've I've been just hacking up stuff from my lungs. It is interesting stuff. to note that Scotty has. Uh, first of all, well, I... it was a good clean air of Lake Billy. I think might have. Cleared. Yeah. <laughs> I think if we were to go around the room... And if he spent a long, drunk weekend with his wife, who is a smoker, and his friends are probably all... His friends are all smokers. Oh, that's right. Look, and i got to tell you this. The time that he... When he got drunk on the show a couple weeks ago, he asked for a cigarette, and I did not let him smoke. I was... uh, Rick Emerson was a better person than that. He was all drunk. He said, I'd love a cigarette. And I said, no, you know, let's... Scotty, why don't you not smoke? You're going to regret that, because then we'll have to have a guy coming and slobber on you. You know what that... So, can I just say this? Can I just call it what it is? I I don't want to be speaking for Tim here, but I can speak for Sarah, I think, on this. I don't believe anyone in this room firmly believes Scotty is not smoking. I think we all believe that Scotty is lying to us. And look, I haven't made a big deal about it. I haven't tried to start to start something, as they say. But I think we all believe. And I'm I think too exhausted to start something. That's the thing. Is like, I think if we were to poll the audience right now, I think probably 80% of the audience believes that Scotty is either smoking or has smoked and simply is lying to us about it. But I just don't... I realize I don't care enough about Scotty's impending death and abandonment of his children to really pursue it. I just, I've decided I just don't care that much. Okay. All right, and that's that's it. Well, no, I mean seriously. I mean, what? It, what? Okay, you sm- went. Uh, you sp- stopped smoking when? Uh, beginning of this month. All right. I, I so what other symptoms? Catch pneumonia. If you don't mind telling us, what are the other symptoms? You've been clearing your throat a lot, which Scotty has not been doing. Let's go down the let's go down the list here. We're we're already late, so we'll just we'll do this. We'll touch a rope. We'll merge. We'll rip everything right here on KCMB Portland. So we'll just merge the brakes. We'll continue to roll through this. Let's just go go down the list here, and we'll see if Scotty's been doing any of these things. Okay, throat clearing. No. Okay, no throat clearing. What else? Um, has he been singing lately? I noticed my my singing voice getting better. Scotty doesn't ever really sing, uh, no. so I'm not really sure if that's the case. I would say that his voice doesn't seem um, doesn't seem drastically different. Mm, has he uh, has he been oversensitive to the uh, the scent of cigarette smoke like another? People? Oh, I thought you were just going to say has he been oversensitive because that's a big yes. But yes. Uh, but to the, <laughs> I thought you were just going to say has he been kind of a dick because that really is the case. Um, yeah, oversensitive to the to the smell of cigarettes. I don't really know because I don't think I've seen him in the close proximity to cigarettes. Have you have you seen Scotty near people who are smoking? Who me? Yeah. Have no, you been, I have you seen Scotty around smokers? I don't know. Well, I've, I, he has the body language, the way he's been acting, of somebody who's lying. Oh, yeah. Well, that's... Well, because I he kind of... A, because, that. you know, we always to talk a little bit. Now he's kind of avoiding us. Yes, no, And he's true. staying in his room a lot. He's very snappy. Yes, he if is. Anything, no, that does, up, maybe that does indicate that he's off the cigarettes, because he really... No, but he, he tries really, to stay very far away from us, though, That is too. true. All right. What are the other symptoms that would indicate he is uh, detoxing from nicotine, sir? Well, if, uh, he might be lying. Is he, uh, is, is he Republican? Yes. Okay. That's a big, <laughs> big well red done. one right there. Excellent. I yeah, I don't it is a big red one, isn't it, sir? <laughs> All right, thank you. Thank you. All right, bye now. Uh okay, well let's do this, Tim. Let's do one more. Uh and then I have a little something to read and then we'll talk to our good friend James Roop. Why that sounds spectacular. <laughs> let's talk about the man who was sucked into the drainage pipe, shall we? Uh, oh, is this the uh where where his, in Oklahoma. Where his scrotum was caught on something? Because no, I have that story later. Okay. He was a uh, Washington, Oklahoma man was sucked into a drain pipe while cleaning out his pond. A the day wa- after floods uh, wreaked havoc across central o- Oklahoma. Washington, Oklahoma. Is that a city? Apparently so, yes. Okay, all right. Doug Kennan says he was cleaning out the debris from his pond after Tropical Storm Aaron dumped several inches of rain. 
He came close to a tin horn pipe and was sucked under the surface. About a foot and a half, two feet away from it, and it sucked my right foot in. He said he struggled for several minutes before deciding to just let it go and let the water push him through. I was just like a missile. It shot me spinning like a bullet into the bottom of the creek. Uh, the creek is 60 feet downstream. He had some cuts and bruises, but he should recover. His uh, survival was made possible by his willingness to fight. For six or seven minutes, he screamed for help. Uh, grasping at sticks to stay alive, his feet and chances of survival both slipped away. I was still fighting, but then it turned me over and I was face down first. Facing reality, that appeared to be his fate, he said his goodbyes. The thought of dying was on his girlfriend's son's birthday. It still haunts him. All I could think about was, my death day will be his birthday. But he decided to fight by letting go, allowing the water to push his body through a 12-inch drain and it worked. It's hard to believe, said his girlfriend, who found uh, Kenan after he clawed his way out of the creek. She'd been nursing him back to health ever since, and that's better than the alternative. Excellent. I'd rather care for him than bury him. Fight to live. That's why I'm here today. He's a hero for today also. And I have this thing about... Do you see this thing about the, the, the Malaysian doctors who had to... What is the opposite of welding? We have to cut it like with a torch. You have to cut this guy. Yeah, torches. His uh, scrotum was caught in a metal pipe. Oh, this is a different story. No, I'll get you. Okay, I'll get to that later then. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, let's welcome out of the Rick Emerson show from Los Angeles. CNN radio correspondent to the stars, James Roop. Hello, sir. Hello, sir. How's life? How are things? Life's uh, great. Things are wonderful. It's uh, it's hot, but it's beautiful. Let me ask you this, uh, just as a side note here. If uh, Scotty J were detoxing from nicotine, what symptoms might we look for? How can you tell uh, that someone is, uh, they're sort of, you know, that they're going through the cigarette withdrawal? Nervous? I would say that's a big yes. Hungry? Mm. Only, only because he doesn't know what to do with his hands. He'll, he'll, he'll eat a lot. Hard to say. He, he does spend a lot of his time sort of rummaging through the vending machine in the kitchen and trying to, do, you know, just consuming massive amounts of uh, chili corn, chili cheese Fritos. So, all right. Uh, anything else? We've got the cough. Somebody should be coughing a lot. Yeah, he would cough because his lungs are clearing. Yeah, he hasn't been doing that, though. Really? No. And if he's been smoking, you know, for 30, no, like He's been 20 smoking years. for 20-some, like 22 years, I think. He'll find something to replace it, like maybe caffeine, like a lot of coffee, a lot of soda. All you right. know, that uh, kind of thing. Have Nothing you, will have to replace that nicotine. Have you seen Scotty replacing his Have you seen no. him drinking more coffee, drinking more of anything, drinking more beverages, eating anything out of the machine? I haven't known. In fact, I don't think he's been eating anything recently. The uh, last how, few much, weeks. how much does he smoke? Well, he was smoking, uh, I think it was like a pack and a half a day, something like that. He said, so he said it was something like 25 cigarettes, 30 cigarettes, like a pack and a half. Hmm. Now, he, that's for he, 20 years. The main thing is he won't find it easy to relax. And the biggest test will be when he gets a drink in his hand. Yeah, well, see, that's the that's the thing. He's been uh, intoxicated several times since then. You, well, you remember that day you called up and he was drinking? He, we had given all that fortified wine on the air? Oh, yeah. And see, but you weren't here for this part, but by the end of the day, he was actually, he was actively seeking a cigarette. Several times he was like, you know, I'd love to smoke right now. And to our credit, we did not let him smoke. Because oh, um, there's a bet writing on that. I don't know if you're aware of this this um but there is a bet writing on scotty's smoking um sort of an aversion therapy one might say hmm. and the deal that we have struck is that if scotty should break down and smoke uh, even part of a cigarette uh that we have a series of listeners uh one at a time we have a series of male listeners who are going to come in and give him a long lingering kiss on the ear 
which he finds to be sort of off-putting. So he does have motivation to lie, but he also has motivation not to smoke. And everybody in this room sort of believes that he is deceiving us, but we don't really, short of testing one of his bodily fluids, we don't really have any way to determine that. So we're sort of looking for... Well, how does he smell? Well, he always we smelled, haven't smelled him in a while. Like cheap cologne, to be honest, really, to be to be perfect. Is he frank. wearing more cologne than usual? Because if he is, he's hiding something. I don't know. It's hard to say because what about was, his car? He always he does now. To be fair, even when he was smoking, he never did smoke in his car. He did and has always though doused himself in a combination of Febreze and this uh, terrible cologne called Cuban that comes in like a cigar thing. So it's all I don't know. It's all very difficult to determine. We'll uh, I don't know. We'll we'll take some of his hair when he's not. Looking or something. But he, something will have to replace that habit. Something will replace that addiction. Well, let's find out, shall we? Let's ask him. <laughs> Daddy Jay. I wish I knew how to quit you. Please, I kiss you on the mouth. Please let me. Good morning, Metolia. Why, hello, Scotty Jay. How are you today? Good afternoon, Riddle. All right. <laughs> All right. So, Scotty, I see you're wearing your new Rush shirt. Is that from the concert you just went to? Yes, because I'm not smoking. I was able to afford this shirt. Uh-huh. So, what have you replaced smoking with in your daily activities, Scott? Uh, water skiing, golf, eating Twinkies. Don't be a tool. During the day, what are you doing and not smoking? Nothing, because I would go through the whole Rick Emerson show and not smoke anyways. And yeah, but you would smoke on the way home. Yeah, it would be sometimes You would smoke the before show. the show. Right. Okay, so what are you doing now instead of smoking? Nothing, because... Jim says there's got to be something. Nothing has to replace that habit. It's so far gone. I will tell you this, it's though. It's so far gone. It was like five <laughs> weeks ago. I, I eat more than I did before. I find myself... Oh, I used to go all day. Jimmy just gave him all of the answers before he got in here. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. no, totally. You've kind of given him the cliff notes. This is well, like the answers on the back of the book. And no, he's also been drinking a lot of caffeine. He's, fair, he's yeah. right, though. I used to go all day. I, I, I wouldn't even eat breakfast, and then I'd go all day through the show and go home and be 4 or 5 o'clock before I... Is it, this is going to be like that episode of Quitter, that, that Quitters Incorporated thing in Cat's Eye, where we're going to have to start, like, uh, you know, to cut off one of your fingers or something if you do this. <laughs> like, in the next thing will be the weight program. I'll uh, have to put one of you in that, like, the electroshock room or something. So, all right, so then what do you... Now, have you gained weight, Scotty? I think I have. Well, there's a scale right over there. Let's see how much you weigh. We're going to weigh Scotty, Jim. You have a scale there? Oh, we do. Yeah, I don't know why. Oh, somebody sent it to Rick. It was sent to us by the American Diabetes Association. I used to be 165. So All right, you were 160. You were not 165. No, I was. What is that? 170. Okay, I don't believe you were 165, first of all. I was. All right, well, it is now 170. Okay, so let's remember this day that Scotty was 170 pounds. Okay. All right. This now you're going to have to get fat to try and trick us. That <laughs> Seriously. No, yeah, to try to I've compete. gone up from 165 yeah, to really 162, To actually. sell the lie, you're going to have to blow it up like a holiday ham. Fantastic. <laughs> all right. All right, excellent. Hello, Jim. Hi, sorry, I blew that bet for you, maybe. No, 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 it's okay. Well, you know, here, here's the thing. We all, we, we all secretly believe... And again, I think if you were to poll the audience, you'd find that, the, that we, everyone believes that Scotty is, is deceiving us, at least somewhat. Um, but I've realized that I don't really care enough to have like some sort of invasive testing procedure done. <laughs> now, my wife, who is a nurse, offered. My wife's like, she's like, there's, she's like, there's a little cart I can wheel into the studio. We can test his urine right there. And I said, you know, no. I mean, my 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 quest for ratings really only goes so far. So, um, well, let's. Speaking of nurses. 
Yeah. Let's talk about uh, Owen Wilson. Anything new, or is it just is he still? Well, we did, we we did get a look at the police log from that night that says uh, the police log says attempt suicide as the reason for the call to his address. And is that something that they determined because of the uh, the evidence at the scene or the injuries, or is that just because of family on, That's on the call log. That's the call that came in. And so, because there was a family member or somebody that walked in. Yeah, right? we understand it was his older brother Andrew. However, that has not been confirmed either. So that does sort of that indicates that it was not some sort of a, a cry for help unless he knew he was going to be found. And I guess we won't know that for a while. Um, it just it is really interesting. I was reading this article about him today, and they were listing off. I mean, I guess it's not like dating a bunch of blonde actresses is enough to just give you an absolutely perfect life, but it certainly seems like a good head start. Mm-hmm. Um, listen to that. Listen to the total tone in your voice. <laughs> that is the same tone you conjured up yesterday, which is, screw that guy. <laughs> so, I mean, it just it just seems like I am not saying that money buys happiness absolutely. I'm not saying that. I'm also it sure not... makes the unhappiness easier. Well, this is what I was going to say. Here's what money does. What money doesn't necessarily buy happiness, but money certainly makes it easier to seek or find or to uh, uh, obtain the things that do uh, give you happiness. Yeah, you know or at I mean? least that can distract you from being unhappy. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, so on the one hand, money doesn't buy happiness, but money, for example, if you find that, you you know, you hate your job or you need to spend more time with your family or you need to have some sort of, you know, I don't know, whatever, you need to find God or you need to, you need to sit on a mountain to discover your own inner existential self, money makes it easier to do all of those things which will in turn make you happy because money, of course, is freedom. Yes. And so the idea that this guy, I mean, uh, whatever. I'm just instructing everybody right now. You ever, you ever find me, uh, you know, I don't know, in the bathtub with a handful of uh, handful of empty Percodan bottles or whatever. Just you know, that what? means you don't have any money. Seriously. Just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, uh, I don't know. It's it's like I I guess I should care. But I just don't. I mean, I'm not wishing something bad to happen to him. I'm not wishing that uh, that he that he kill himself in the future or whatever. It's just that I don't care one way or the other. It's like when we were talking about Lindsay Lohan for a while. And I know as a culture, we've all kind of moved on from talking about all the Hollywood starlets and their various problems, which is fine with me. But if you can remember back a few weeks ago when we were talking about Lindsay Lohan and everybody was thinking she was going to end up face down in a puddle of her own vomit on a shag carpet somewhere. You know, I just don't care. It just doesn't bother me one way or the other. Um, it, it's like when, it's like when back in the seventies and the eighties when the big problem for everybody was anorexia. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we were constantly told how sad it was and that we had to feel sorry for anorexic and have all this sympathy and had to try to understand them. And I just found it impossible to care about that. Well, you know, I got to tell you, I, I do sympathize for those who have some sort of honest malfunction in their brain, and they really can't handle themselves. Those people need to be looked after. I think. I mean, if you've got some actual chemical imbalance That's in your That's what head, I'm saying. I, but there's too many of them out there for me to, you know, it's like there's too many psychics for me to really believe that there's a whole lot going on. Seriously. I mean, it's, I saw this, uh, I was watching this documentary a couple years ago, and it was uh, about paranoid schizophrenia. And they were talking to this girl who suffered from these, uh, you know, from hallucinations and delusions and whatever. And she was describing... It was just the most terrifying thing ever, and I got to tell you, um, 
my mom and my mother-in-law, my wife's mother as well, have both work in healthcare uh, and have both worked in the mental health field. And they were really happy when Lara and I turned like 25 and 26 because that apparently is the cutoff age for most of the onset of paranoid schizophrenia. And I guess like 99% of the people who become paranoid schizophrenic, they do it before the age of 26. And for some reason, when you turn 26, it's like if you haven't become a paranoid schizophrenic, it's probably not going to happen. Um, so they were really happy about that and I saw this interview with a woman who was paranoid schizophrenic and it was just harrowing and she was talking about how everywhere she went even though she knew logically that it wasn't real everywhere she went she was surrounded and they had sort of an artist's rendering of this sort of surrounded by these sort of cloaked figures with these long black hoods on that would come up and scream in her face and she talked about walking down the street, and it's just a normal street in her hometown. And she said, imagine if you're walking down the street, and every time you pass by an alley or a, or a side avenue or a building, someone in a black cloak would come up and just scream in your face constantly in a, a weird sort of alien-sounding language. She was like, you know, that happened to me 10, 12 hours, however long I was awake every day. Gee. And I mean... You know, if you're somebody like that where that's constantly happening, you know what? You get yourself into a room and dose yourself with whatever you need to dose yourself with. And I'm not passing judgment on Owen Wilson at this point because we don't know what was going on in that guy's head. But, I mean, if, if it turns out that he's just another celebrity with too much money and too many drugs, it's just impossible for me to care. Yeah. I mean, what we, there's a big problem in society anyway with people using medication or excuses or syndromes to make excuses for behavior. Yeah, I, 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 uh, I'm the scoutmaster of a Boy Scout troop, right? Right. There's, a, there's a, several kids who are on medication for ADHD, ADD, BFD, whatever they call it. <laughs> there are guys on medication for it. This one kid was chewing out his dad in front of the whole troop. I mean, he was just, just because you're my dad doesn't mean I'm afraid of you. I mean, he was just, that kid was nuts. Right. And so I said, Brad, you know, you got to control this kid. He said, well, you know, he's... He's on me. He's off his medication. He's aged. I said, you need to smack him. That's what you need to do. <laughs> so he, he's, he was concerned because we were taking him on a, on a camp out. I said, I'm not concerned. The kid started acting up. I made him carry wood for two hours. I... We'll move that pile from there to there. Two hours. Guess what? He sat through an entire first aid class, didn't make a peeping noise. I do think that there is, I mean, there is to a large degree, and I don't really know what the hell I'm talking about, but it does seem like there is an element of laziness in this, that people have kids, they discover it's actually work, and then rather than do the way, here's, and I hate to make this uh, comparison, but you know what it is? It's, I don't know, it's, it's like people who, who check themselves into some sort of a treatment center because they can't quit eating. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And, it, you know, rather than, rather than actually doing the work of raising a child, they just decide to dose it with a bunch of chemicals to keep it basically sedated all the time. And i got to really say, i got to give it to my mom who resisted this and the fact that I was born early enough that they weren't quite dosing everybody with Ritalin yet because I know they absolutely... If I was born now, they would have me just gacked to the gills with a bunch of ADHD drugs. <laughs> I mean, I can absolutely guarantee you that. I mean, i got to... I, I've been talking. I mean, I, I, it's not a big secret that I, I go to a shrink and I and I have off and on for a long time, and it's just basically because you know it's whatever because because it's either that or just to you know go home and the scream at my poodle, you know, and that's no good. So whatever. So oh, I, I go to the mine. I, I go to the shrink and I got this whole. I'm locked into this big land war with my shrink right now because she wants to stick me on Prozac, which I've just been resisting, mm. just digging in my. And it's not going to happen. I mean, there's in no universe is that going to take place. 
but this idea uh, that somehow I need to cure whatever uh, irritations I have in my life by dumping chemicals into my brain is just something that I resist wholeheartedly. But I got to tell you, if you're a nine-year-old, um, you're not able to resist. You can't refuse that if your parents want to do it to you. I think if you're a nine-year-old, your parents are probably allowed to dose you with whatever they want to. Oh, yeah. It's legal. And I, I know parents who give their kids Benadryl every night just so they go to sleep. Can you imagine how these kids are going to walk through life? And then you wonder, I mean, if you start giving your kid uh, Ritalin when they're 9, 10, 11 years old, by the time they hit 18, they've really never had a conscious life where they weren't on some kind of medication. That's right. You know, and then they're going to grow up to be, you know, I mean, they're going to grow up to be shoveling fistfuls of, their, uh, fistfuls of pills into their mouth all the time to deal with whatever malady they have or think they have. I'm a big fan of corporal punishment. Ask my son. I just, you know, and, and, I'm, and I'm really not, but by the same token, I got to tell you, uh, my parents, my parents did find uh, alternate means. I mean, my dad was a big fan of reaching for the belt. I will get, you know, my dad, and it got to the point where he didn't even need to like take the belt off. He would just sort of gesture toward it. Oh yeah, yeah And it yeah. was like Doc Holliday, it was like Doc Holliday's hand just gesturing toward his gun. Yeah. You know, and that was enough for me. But I got to tell you, my mom. My mom would have made an excellent teacher. We've talked to Sarah, who's, who, whose mom is a teacher, where the mom just masters that look. You know, that look that moms can give you, and that look is just a whole... And, and the, the look doesn't even really mean anything. It just sort of conveys that you are going to be in a world of hurt if you cross me. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so that was it. Anyway, I... Whatever. It, it, I, you know, I don't want to sit and act like I know everything there is to know about mental health or raising a kid or whatever, but seriously, it just... It, it becomes so difficult to care uh, about some of these, uh, about some of these people. There's so. too much out there. Kids aren't outside running around anymore. They're not burning off energy, so sh sure they're going to be fidgety. Well, I will. But don't let them sit in front of the television and give them uh, ADHD medication or Ritalin just so you can keep them still at dinner time. Hey, let me real quickly. Uh, while we're here, is it speaking of, of nutty, nutty people? Is it true that did uh, did Specter's attorney walk? Yeah, yesterday was great. That's wonderful, fantastic. Why did he realize his client is crazy and probably shot no, somebody? No, it was. I think it was Specter. According to uh, according to him, he said he came back because he he was going to do the summations. Um, but but Specter said no. You, you're not connecting with the jury. You, you know it's you, you, you know even now Specter's producing. He says no. He says you're out. And um, so he gave uh, Cutler a chance to bow out gracefully. And say, look, I can't effectively represent him because there's a disagreement about who's going to do the closing arguments. Because Specter wants Roger Rosen, who's been pretty much the primary uh, attorney throughout this entire case, because Cutler's been taping his TV show or whatever. And early on, Cutler made that real weird opening statement, and then the judge chewed him out for being in your face to the, the first prosecution witness when he was cross-examining her. So I think Specter just wants to say, you know, you're going to get me hung here. If you do this, uh, that New York crap doesn't work in L.A. What? Where are we at in that trial? It just seems like it's testimony is over. All right. So it's, so what? What are closing what are, st closing arguments begin on the fifth? Right now they're in the the judge and the lawyers are talking about exhibits and uh, rules and all that kind of stuff. Jury instructions. That's going to take several days. So next week on the fifth, the jury comes back. Uh, the jury will uh, hear closing arguments. That should last two days. Uh, the judge will then give his instructions. That should last probably two days. I'm guessing by the 10th, the jury will have the case. They'll probably deliberate for a week just because they want... The, that was going to be my question. Is is like, what? where where do you put this in terms of how long the jury's going to have At least a to? week. There's too much for the, the jury to sift through. And this case will be gone for four months. They're going to need to hear testimony back from early on. Um, they're they're going to have to. And they, especially with the uh, the limo driver... 
and uh, those four to five women who testified to uh, Specter using a gun in the past to threaten them. They got to hear all that back and then weigh the forensics, what little forensics there is there, because uh, everything is circumstantial. There is no real scientific evidence anywhere. There's no witness about anything. So it's going to take them at least a week, I think. I'm guessing the 17th, Monday the 17th, is probably going to be verdict day. Excellent. All right, I'm circling it on my calendar mentally as we speak, sir. All right. All right, my brother. Enjoy your day. As always, a pleasure. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. All right, there you go, Jim. Real quickly, we'll do these, and then we'll break. Hi, Dave. You're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Hey. I, I thoroughly support your desire to never take this uh, SSRIs or whatever antidepressants the doctor wants to give you. Resist that. If you've got to use dynamite, keep your crap away from that stuff. No, I uh, they I actually took uh, I took Prozac in the past. I mean, it's not a big secret. I mean, I used to take Prozac, and then I took uh, the Prozac made me all jittery and wacky, and so then I took Zoloft, and I just didn't really care for that either. And I just came to the you know, but I I, I didn't want to have. I didn't. There's this phrase in Alcoholics Anonymous, the uh, contempt prior to investigation. Precisely. I didn't want to be mouthing off about it, never having taken it. And so when my shrink pushed it on me, I took it, and I took it for a long period of time, and it's just not for me. The first and, few weeks is the know, worst, huh? It just sucks. I mean, it was just I was just anxious and, and nervous and jittery, and yet at the same time I was just sort of an emotional blank. I mean, I don't mean to be melodramatic about it. I just didn't. I just when I took Prozac and actually Zoloft, I just found it impossible to care yeah, it was about like anything. Watching yourself on television. It, that's exactly the way to describe it. The way I describe being on Prozac is that it was sort of like all my emotions were in this sort of um, glass case behind thick glass that I couldn't quite reach. They were I, I could see them but couldn't quite touch them or use. Them. Yeah, and you're just kind of sitting, it's like sitting in a big fluffy armchair, and you're watching the news, and you just don't give a darn. That was ex that was exactly it, and that actually sounds kind of appealing, except that uh, sandwiched in with that was the fact uh, that I was just jittery and anxious all the yeah, time. Yeah, you were so. talking about that gal who, every time she'd walk past a doorway or an alley, there was somebody jump out and scream at her. Yeah. I had something very similar to that happen to me when I was taking Paxil. That stuff is nasty. I was in a movie theater with, a, I don't know, four or five hundred other people. Right. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, I guess I stood up and started swinging my arms around because I thought I was being attacked. Uh, uh. So, uh, oh. unfortunately, it was dark, and I left and forgot about the movie. Well, that was the other thing about, and I think it was, I think it was uh, Zoloft. I don't think it was. Is Zoloft the sort of, it's another SSRI, right? Is that what it was? Yeah. It's been years ago they're now. All, they're all basically the but same. Was, they just go after a different uh, the, link in your brain. The thing about Zoloft, I don't really remember this, but my wife told me this, that apparently when I was taking Zoloft, I would just have the worst dreams at night, and apparently I would just wake up and just be absolutely uh, just terror-stricken in the middle of the night for, for reasons that I, I don't even remember. The things I don't even know. So anyway, we got we got to run, my brother. Thank you, Dave. Take care of yourself. All right, there you go. Thank you. That's Dave. All right. A fistful of Xanax. That's what I'm talking about. There you go. That speaking of which, you know, I can probably get that because I'm taking a plane flight. Taking a plane flight. There you go. Sign me up for that. If you go to the doctor and tell you take a plane flight, they'll load you up with that. All right. Back after this, it's the Rick Emerson Show. When we come back, we've got uh, more of your phone calls. Tim Riley, top five guys who sound just like Robert Plant, and more. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. <laughs> Thank you, Scotty. For everything. <laughs> Fantastic. It's 503-733-2970. Seamus weighs in and says, Rick, oh, this is about Raul's symmetrical head. 
If you and Sarah recall my MySpace photo, it displayed my perfectly symmetrical egg-shaped head. You know what they say about guys with perfectly egg-shaped heads, Rick, don't you? Anyway, stop teasing Raul. You're going to destroy yet another one of Sarah's relationships, and then we're going to have a whole month of depressed, angry Sarah to deal with until she finds a new man. P.S. Are you ever going to hit the $1,000 mark for the retards, you heartless pig? Uh... Here's Tim Riley. The and now, Excellent. from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. Well, it's not a horse across the Hawthorne, but there's going to be a anti-war vigil tonight on that bridge. And nobody's going to really care. No. But it takes place at 7.30. Are they going to block my way home? Oh, I'm not bicycling. It takes place at 7.30. Okay. On the east end of the bridge. Okay. This is Move On PDX, so hopefully they'll keep moving on and not blocking. Seriously, why don't you move on to Clackamas and hold your protest there? That'll be great. So as we, oh before we get to that, unfortunately, uh, is this a death? Uh, no. Snap watch? No. Okay. This is a mascot attack. Oh, uh, hey, I don't have music for a mascot attack. No. All right. Dateline Shahalis was not a good day. Was not a good day for a 15-year-old boy trying to make an honest living for the opening of the new Quiznos in Shahalis after the costume teen was attacked by a a, a crazy man. Shahila's police report that the team was wearing a costume that looked like a giant soda cup just before noon, and a man attacked the team, knocked him to the ground, injuring him. He was treated at the scene for minor injuries. The suspect uh, was arrested on fourth-degree assault charges. Ah, that's no way to make a living. No, a, a, a giant soda cup in Shahila's. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say, there's no good. When you say it's a bad day in Shahila's, it's always a bad day in Shahila's. The only good Shahila's day is the day when you move away and you're passing that's and now leaving Shahila's. That's the only good moment. So let's see here. As we speak, uh, Senator Craig is uh, holding a press conference, and he has said, quote, I am not gay. <laughs> the most important fact that he wants to be known out of this whole thing. <laughs> not I didn't commit a crime. I, I, did, like, I did nothing wrong at the Minnesota airport. I am not gay. <laughs> I like he's, he, doesn't, he doesn't want to address the fact that he may have broken the law or that he might actually have put Mitt Romney's campaign in danger or that his own job might, in fact, be on the line. No, no, no. I'm not gay. I did, I like women. Well, they showed a mugshot of him. He is wearing an American flag. Really? Oh, flag. Flag. <laughs> a frag. Little, little bit of a... Uh... So to repeat here, uh, the senator has denied inappropriate conduct and the fact that he is not gay. He will be taking a poll later. Mm-hmm. Well, anyway, uh, moving on to other topics here. Actually, it's the same one. Uh, Senator Craig has uh, pled... Uh, Who is not gay. Not gay. Not in any way is he gay. Let's talk to some of the works at the Idaho Statesman. Apparently that's their biggest statewide newspaper. Dan Popke, who wrote the story that was picked up by Road Call, uh, said it's not the first time that Craig has questionable activities. This 40-year-old man who's a professional in the Washington, D.C. area believes that or says that he's sure that he had this brief encounter with the senator in 2004. Mm-hmm. That's impossible, though. The senator's not gay. He interviewed uh, Senator Craig, and he presented him with possible evidence of this former encounter. Uh. We played a, an audio recording that I think's up on our website now oh. of the man with his voice disguised describing what occurred. Uh, the what? senator said that never happened, and not only didn't I have sex with him, I never had a sex, I've never had sex or solicited sex with a man in my life. Because he's not gay. And we know he's not gay because he's a Republican who appears to be very, very rabidly anti-gay rights. Of course, that doesn't indicate anything about him at all. 
So once again, this press conference has a statement. I am not gay, says Senator Craig. <laughs> uh-huh. All right. This breaking news report will be updated. <laughs> really. If what other update change. if he becomes gay? If, he does become gay. if the conditions of his gayness change, then he'll the be... The next time be... he, he uh, <laughs> visits a public restroom... <laughs> the next time he's apparently trying to... Trying to uh, I'm sorry. Apparently, the next time he something he does is misconstrued as him trying to get it on with a guy in a gay bathroom. I'm sorry, with a gay man in a bathroom or a cop. I don't even know now. Was the cop there um, to catch people? Part of a it. sting operation. Yes. So it wasn't just bad luck. Like he was hitting on the guy in the next stall who happened to be a cop. Mm-hmm. Like the cop was there. It was, it was his time to be caught. <laughs> it really was. Basically, huh? I mean, how many other times has he gotten away with this? That's He's true. a little pro with this foot tapping thing. Yeah, Dan, Dan Haggard uh, already had his. He, he wasn't uh, practicing his tap dancing moves in there. No. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson show. Hello. Hey, Rick. Uh, I wanted to make a comment. You, you were talking about the. Uh, Tim's uh, here, too. The uh, anti, anti-psycho pills or Tim, whatever. Tim's also here. Oh, hi, Tim. How are you? Okay, hey, uh, what's up? So, yes, about, uh, yes, the, uh, the the Prozac and the so Well, I had, I had this kooky doctor one time that was trying to put me on Paxil. And before I took one pill, I I went on the Internet and did some hardcore investigation. And it seemed like one of the biggest complaints were when people were trying to get off of it. And they were complaining about something called brain zaps. That's uh, you don't want that. Yeah, I was like, yeah, I don't, yeah. I don't want none of that. Yeah, I don't think anything that anything. Well, it's like when did those old Lestra chips came out, and it was like may involve anal leakage, and it's like really, <laughs> how badly do you want a, a potato chip? I mean, really, honestly, how badly could you decide that you need a snack chip that you're willing to risk some sort of a loose stool anal leakage? Yeah, with like oil that your body can't even break down. Seriously, yeah. I mean, yeah, if it's something that can't even be contained by your anus, do you really want to put it in your mouth? And so, and then, yeah, and so. The it may involve brain zapping. Thank you, no. You know, maybe I'll just go jogging or something instead. <laughs> You're right. All Thanks, right. Rick. Excellent. Thank you. All right. Oh, we have, uh, let's see, further comments from uh, Senator Craig. Not gay! I never have been gay. <laughs> he, he said if his lovely wife was at his side. Of course. Does she have like a frigid, frozen Stepford smile as she clenched his hand? I'm sure she have, does. Like, a vacant look on her eyes like Jessica Simpson? Yeah. He never. regretted about not revealing this incident to his family and to the voters. Really? I should have revealed oh, the fact. This is a non-incident, isn't it? No, of course it didn't no, happen. Nothing to reveal, Tim, because he's not gay. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, everybody. How are you all today? Uh, well, uh, Uma. On, we're fine. We're fine because we found out that Senator Larry Craig of Idaho is not gay, and so everything is, but the world is back on its axis. And that's what's really important, of it course. It really is true. Well, I called to uh, shed some light on the depression thing, but while I was searching around on the Internet here, I found a picture of Brooke Hogan that actually, uh, it's from FHM Magazine. She looks like kind of a hot young Ariana Huffington in this pose. And that's Hulk Hogan's daughter, and she's on that Raising the Hogan's reality show or whatever the hell? Yeah, so if you find her MySpace page, I don't know if people can see if that, that totally reminds me of Ariana Huffington. Anyway. Uh, okay, uh, is it, where can I find, where is this at? It's the Brooke Hogan MySpace page, her official Is it just MySpace page. slash Brooke Hogan? Uh, you know, let me click back on the browser here a few times. Brooke Hogan. And is that Brooke with an E on the end? Yes, it is. All right, I'm going there right now. I'm going to turn down my computer. God only knows what sound it's going to start playing. Um, uh, it's her singing, which, I don't know, I haven't heard it yet. It says band performer. Or no, I'm sorry, band promoter. Rap. This can't... No, this is a big black man. 
It's just, no, yeah, I don't know where. I don't know if you just do a search maybe for Brooke Hogan. It'll bring up her official. Yeah, this is a this is a uh, yeah this is a black man's uh, a black man singing, <laughs> singing a song called um, "She's So Fly." I do not believe this to be uh, Brooke Hogan. No, that's right. probably not it. Well, while you're doing a search for it, I'll touch on some other uh, some other stuff here. I, I was going to call him yesterday because it it sounded like he kind of didn't get it, and I wanted to explain it a little bit. But with uh, with Ed's call today. Um, you and Ed kind of hashed out a whole lot about depression. And who's Ed? Uh, oh, Jim. Was it Jim? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I was thinking. Ed uh, it sounds like I'm not the only one who doesn't get it, sir. No, well, <laughs> you got me. You got okay. It. No, okay. So, so what? I don't. Uh, what about what? Well, there's there's basically. I mean, to break it down in layman's terms, there's like two different kinds of depression. There's situational depression. Your life sucks. Your dog died. You've lost your house or a job or right. something. And you're depressed. I mean, these things make sense. And then there's clinical depression, like you were saying, the chemical imbalance in the brain, and uh, yeah, I mean, if your brain just, requires medication. If your brain just doesn't work, like as Scotty was typing his, you know, legally required snarky comments about Kip Kinkle. <laughs> he was typing on the screen, Kip Kinkle just needed a spanking. Um, whereas, well, like, if you look at Kip Kinkle, I always put this out, Kip Kinkle's head, they did, like, the MRI or the whatever, and he's got, like, big holes in his brain. And I'm not, like, euphemistically speaking, like, literally huge holes in his brain. And so that's one thing. Um... If you're just some, you know, if you're just some dick who just is in a bad mood all the time, I mean, just, you know, leave everybody alone. And if your kid is just rambunctious, put him in a, you know, look, I got to tell you, really, honestly, the problem I have with Ritalin is you start dosing kids, you go back in the past and start dosing kids with Ritalin and suddenly there's no David Lee Roth. You know what I mean? No, it's true. Actually, I mean, a lot of our really great artists uh, have been, you know, the biggest depressives or manics yeah. or drug addicts. I mean, if you're if you're what, and this is the term they use where my wife works, if you're just flat out goddamn crazy, then that's fine. I understand the need to, to treat that, or if you have some sort of bipolar disorder or whatever. But yeah. you know what? Having too much energy is not a problem that you need to fix with your child. The fact that your child is too energetic is not a, an error that needs to be uh, changed about him. Yeah, I used to work in adolescent psych, and it's, I mean, kids are crazy anyway, and then you throw in psychiatric problems, it's really hard yeah. to, really hard to kind of delineate. But, you know, this, and the thing you said, you see a therapist, and I can't recommend that enough to everybody. I mean, everybody got problems. You should, everybody should have somebody to talk to. And for most people, it's just, you know, Bob. You go out to lunch with Bob, and you say, damn, Bob, I've got problems. And Bob says, tell me about your problems. And he's just your friend, but you got somebody to talk to. And not everybody has an objective, dispassionate observer, someone they can just say, you know, what do you think? Give me your honest opinion. I like to ask men who are sitting next to me on toilets. Right. As you gaze at them with your steely full, blue eyes. Full circle. Excellent. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Thank you. All right, there you go. I'm not gay. Um, all right. Let's do. Uh, well, let's do one more, then we'll take a phone call. We got. We got all the stuff to do next. Up. We got a uh, uh, high concept Tuesday. The top five and all of this stuff. Here's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. We have a choice of two things here. Uh, let's see. Microphone off. Oh, we have a choice of two things. Do you want to hear about the guy? Uh, an interview with the guy who had sex with this guy before. Allegedly. Allegedly. Larry Craig's not gay. Yeah. Um, what's my oh, other what's my other choice? And just uh, Larry Craig's apology. Nor was he ever gay, right? No, not at. Ah, well, listen, was... listen to this one first. All right. Oops. Okay. Listen to this one first. The following is the disguised voice of a 40-year-old professional man with close ties to Republican officials, who told the Idaho statesman he had oral sex with Senator Larry Craig at Washington's Union Station, probably in 2004. The man spoke to the statesman on the condition he not be named. He said he was sure it was Craig he had oral sex with, but said he had no evidence other than his word. Craig denied the allegations and said... That sounds very NPR. I've never it does, been in a restroom it. in Union Station having sex with anybody. There's a very clear bottom line here. Uh-huh, yes. do that kind of thing. Bottom line. Gay, and I never have been.
man. Never have been. Here's what the man told the statesman with some of the details of the men's room encounter edited out. Thank God. Mm. I, uh, <laughs> 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 Hold on, can you pause this for a second? This has to be a joke. <laughs> okay, first of all, this is... I didn't know that the Dark Lords of the Sith <laughs> engaged in um, anonymous gay bathroom sex. That is so fantastic. This That's... is some kinky thing. <laughs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. Also, would you like to have sex in a bathroom at Union Station? <laughs> <laughs> Search your feelings. You know that you are gay. All right. Um, I'm sorry. Sarah, do you have the Star Wars bed that you can play ever so ever so, uh, ever so, uh, 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 low in the background there? That would be fantastic. Tim, can you? Uh... Okay, go ahead, Tim. Statesman with some of the details of the men's room encounter edited out. I, uh, upon walking into Union Station one day, uh, I made eye contact with a uh, well-dressed older gentleman uh, whom I recognized as uh, Senator Craig. He, uh, after having made eye contact uh, for 30 seconds or so, we began um, walking towards uh, one of the restrooms in Union Station. Um, I followed him uh, in there. We went to the urinals where we both uh, unzipped. Uh, um, the restroom became uh, busy, too busy to do anything. So we uh, zipped up and then followed each other to the second restroom in Union Station, where we began the same process. Um, and had a, I also uh, performed fellatio for a very, very short amount of time as uh, that restroom became busy as well. Um, at that point, we, we both zipped up and, and left and went on our, our separate ways. Excellent. How long would you say the encounter lasted altogether from the original? Walking time included, I would say maybe three minutes, four minutes. How sad. Not, not very long. Larry Craig, How a minute man. You say, uh, well, his wife just sent him up for bread. <laughs> no. It was unmistakable. I mean, he, I just recognized him, uh, um, you know, as being Senator Craig. Excellent. Excellent. Fantastic. I did nothing wrong, I'm and I regret not the decision to plead guilty and the sadness that decision has brought on my wife, my family, friends, uh -huh. staff, and fellow Idahoans. And for that, <laughs> I apologize. Okay. Well, whatever whatever you say, friend. All right. Uh, it will never happen again. No. But it really didn't in the no, first place. No, of course, because he's not gay and has never, never been has, gay. Never has been. Uh, before I take this call, this email says, Rick, about Brooke Hogan. If you've checked out Hogan Knows Best, you'll see that Brooke Hogan is okay looking in regards to normal people. By celebrity standards, she sort of looks like a moose in heavy makeup. <laughs> he says, I still date her and all, but I'm a fat guy. Okay, thank you. I still date her from a fat guy. Uh, hi, Rick Emerson Show. Who is this? Hello. Hello. Hi. Who's this, sir? Yes, Rick. Hi. Mike Taylor. Taylor? Long-time listener, first-time caller. I've been yes. listening since uh, Liz Wilde. Okay. Didn't you replace her back in the day? Well, that's one way of looking at it. Yes, <laughs> I uh, thank you, sir. We appreciate long-time Liz. That is uh, about 2000, uh, 2001, yes. Well, I'm a little bit afraid to talk because I'm, I'm hoping you're not going to beat me up. I, uh, I, I am the bassist from the uh, Billy Chinook Houseboat Band. Oh, from the much-lamented the much and now-notorious Billy Chinook House Band. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And the only reason I thought you might be interested in this band, I was just trying to throw our name in the hat for a possible listener party. Now, what is it? Now, Scotty had gone to Billy Chinook Lake or Lake Shabilly or whatever the hell it is. Um, the And he was claiming it was someplace where... Um, Suburban moms were getting it on with each other or something. I, uh, which I well, find... that's the thing. I, I've been spreading the word, and I told everybody on the on you know there was over a hundred people out on this party, and uh, all the, from college chicks all the way up to the, you know the soccer moms. Yes. So this is and... now. Are you guys some? Are you like an all-star band? There's some guy in your band that's from some other group, or what is the deal with your band? Well, that's the deal. I, I thought you might be interested in this band because I, I think you guys are kind of uh, fans of Supernaut. We are indeed. Yes. And uh, the drummer from Supernaut is indeed our drummer. And uh, we have some other kind of local uh, long-time musicians that are kind of known around what town. Would, uh, what, what band would you – and you're, you guys are what, the Melody something or other? We are the Melody Butcher. The Melody but what, uh, what band would you say you most resemble sound-wise? Oh, man. Well, we do have a website. If you want to take a look at it. But we, we play all the, all the old stuff and all the new stuff, uh, Cheap Trick, Nickelback. Excellent. Uh, By the way, you, know, you, you would like to know. You should like to know this. That as you were talking on the screen, uh, Scotty has typed. And this is very nearly in all caps. I think this guy is so cool. So <laughs> you have you have a big fan in Scotty J. He is, well, I thank believe, you, the, Scotty J. He, I believe, is the secretary of your fan club. I, I was I was tailing Scotty J all weekend to try to try to see if he was possibly going to the Marlboros over the weekend or to the bathroom. Oh well, not that. I, I have no. You, I have no. Did you happen to see Scotty J smoking at all this weekend? I cannot recall uh, oh, any. I uh, God. Oh, all right. he totally he, You totally saw him smoking, didn't you? I cannot recall any uh, of the smoking uh, coming from Scotty's area. Oh, what happens at like Billy stays at like Billy. I was just gonna say, well, it's well, I guess we'll have to shred this offer for you guys to play at our event. Yeah, I, he's uh, such a big fan of Rick. I mean, if you've been listening for so long, don't you think it's disrespectful to lie to him? Really, that really, oh, what it, kind it, of it, person it, calls the show and spreads lies? Yeah, tries to wore their band and then lied. Oh, I, I have no knowledge. I, I cannot recall. Uh huh. All right. Okay. Okay, President Reagan. Right. Any wrongdoing by uh, Mr. J. Well, th well, would you? Let me ask you just a couple final questions here. Would you? Uh, would you describe the happenings at Lake Billy Chinook as being uh, akin to a Girls Gone Wild video? I would indeed. That's that's not a bad way to describe it. All right. Uh, and secondly, now is it true that you spread the AM nine seventy word while you were there? I did. I was totally spreading the word, and so I was worried that uh, all the uh, potential new listeners were going to listen in yesterday, and then uh, you were kind of mean, Rick. You were kind of mean to the, uh, the the people of Lake Billy. Well, I wasn't really mean to them. It was all focused on Scotty. Really, we were only, we were only mean to him. <laughs> He's the repository of all the meanness on the show. <laughs> I understand that Scotty is the team whipping boy. He is. Scotty is your spokes. I thought you were going to say he was your spokes, but Scotty is your representative, sir. Uh, what is your, what's your website? Is it a website or MySpace? or what's your? What's it your is. Name? It's a website. It's www.melodybutchers.com. Excellent. Melody Butchers. I dig that name. Well, thank you. All right, excellent. Mike, thank you so much. I appreciate it, my friend. Thank you. You keep right. to spread the hey, word, sir. I will spread the word and throw our name in the hat, and who knows what will happen. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, there you go. That's Mike. All right. Do we have to break? Very much so, yeah. Damn you! Damn you, sponsors that keep us on the air and to whom we are eternally indebted. 
Damn you! All right. Uh, okay, well, I guess we're breaking here. So, uh, back after this. So, listen heartily and with gusto uh, to the following commercial advertisements. And we will return after this. More of Tim Riley at the bottom. Top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. And uh, we may pay a visit to the high concept list for High Concept Tuesday. You stay there. It's the Rick Emerson Show. Don't go anywhere! Oh, God. All right. Hey, it's the Rick Emerson Radio Program. Hey, Juicy, you know, I don't really care about Kanye West. Uh, the same way that George Bush doesn't care about black people. Um, but did you see that thing that, that 50 Cent said about uh, about retiring if Kanye West outsells him? Uh-huh. It's genius. I'm actually, I don't even care what it sounds like. I don't, and I should say this, I don't like Kanye West's music. I just don't. And it's not that I'm opposed to hip-hop. Uh, I just... It, Kanye West's uh, style of hip hop is just really unappealing to me. He's just way, he, he just kind of has that one His cockiness really um, wears thin on me. See, and I don't even care about that because I think that is a, I think that's a well established. I mean, I think that's a big part of not just hip hop, but I think pop music in general, rock music. I think that hip hop, uh, hip hop. I think cockiness or braggadocio, as they say, I think that's perfectly acceptable. It's to me, it's not that. It's that I find um, his production style to be really uh, tedious. I just I find all of his songs to be produced in exactly the same way, which is fine. I mean, there's bands, you know, and artists who have a certain, like DMX has a certain style and the Ramones has a certain style, whatever. I did the Kanye West, it's just way too slick sounding for me. But um, anyway, the point is, though, all that being said, even without hearing a single track, I am uh, absolutely going to buy the new Kanye West album which when it comes out, which is on September uh, 11th. The new Kanye West, and I don't even know the title, doesn't matter. I'm going to go to iTunes, I'm going to buy it, probably never even listen to it. Because 50 Cent, who I just loathe with everything in me, just, I just despise. I agree. I, he just, there's nothing about 50 Cent that I don't despise. Um, you want to talk about a guy who is, in my estimation, so much less than the sum of his parts. I mean, talk about, uh, people can... I know people uh, uh, who have taken all kinds of shots at a guy like, uh, well, Eminem is a good example of this. But you know what? Despite the, the heavy presence of Dr. Dre on his, on his albums and his production style, uh, Eminem is a guy who just, I think, had so much uh, just that kind of creativity in him, at least certainly at the beginning. And just a guy who really did have his own individual stamp, his own individual style, and who is not totally reliant on the production tricks of others, the way that 50 Cent seems to be. Um, 50 Cent just reminds me of Mace. Do you remember Mace? Mace was just... Talk about a guy who just sounded like his mouth was stuffed full of ball bearings. I remember watching... God, that was such a dark time for rap. I remember about like 96, 97 when Mace did that... Uh, what was that album of his? And it was on that... Uh, he had the album Harlem World. What was the big single that Mace had of Harlem World? And it was him and Puffy. Oh, the one where they're in like the plastic bag outfits? No, 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 no. Oh, no that's, 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 that's more money for problems. No, yeah, that's, well, that's, that's what I was thinking about. I... The uh, isn't Mace like a minister now? I was about to. I was about to. No, the, the comment that was about to come out of my mouth was, I was actually referring to the fact that all of those videos at that time, all of these sort of bad boy records videos, they all had a very similar look because they were all with the real shiny outfits, the big sort of baggy shiny clothing, and then they were all either in a tunnel surrounded by neon lights or in front of a casino, like all of those videos. And so I was about to refer to the videos by saying, no, 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 those all look alike. <laughs> but, no, the videos all very much looked alike at that time period, especially from the bad boy camp. But Mace had this song, 
And I swear to you, it sounded like he had had Novocaine injected into his mouth before he rapped. The worst rapper in the history of the world. I mean, I suppose he's Mace was sort of. I can't believe I'm spending this much time talking about Mace, who's just like the least important rapper in all of humanity. But I guess he was sort of inspirational in the sense that, like, Jesus, if that guy could have a rap career, then I guess really anybody can. But. 50 Cent just reminds me of, like, a really steroided-out mace. And just, I know that he was, like, shot in the face, like, 50 times. But, yet, you know what? Not having big sections of your mouth or jaw work shouldn't really count as a distinct singing or rapping style. I'm getting all worked up about something I don't even care about. The point is that 50 Cent apparently has beef, as they say, with Kanye or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So 50 Cent made the, he made this comment in the press, and he said that if Kanye West outsells him on the first day, and I realize this is all a ploy for record sales, that's fine. Are they on the same label? Uh, I don't think they are. I don't believe so. Because I, um, I think 50 Cent is on Aftermath, and I think, or Shady, or whatever that, that Dre Eminem label is, and I think Kanye's on some, some regular, like on EMI or whatever, whatever the hell. But... I know it's all just to boost record sales, but 50 Cent made this, this statement. He said that if Kanye outsells him on December 11th, that he, 50 Cent, will retire from rapping. Awesome. He'll do other things, which is so great. And you know what? If, that'll cost me like 9 bucks or whatever on iTunes. At That'll be $9 CD game exchange where they also have new CDs in addition to used. That is, that'll be $9 well spent. You know what I mean? If it, it somehow comes, to, comes to, 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 to fruition and 50 Cent retires, that'll be like the best $9 I ever spent in my life. So there you go. That being said, I don't really care about either of them. Let's do uh, this top. Well, let me do these calls, and then we'll do the top five. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hello. Hi. Oh, hi. Hi. I didn't say my name to him. Hi. Who, who, who is this? Uh, this is Delena. Delena. Hi, Delena. How are you? Doing? Hi. Hi. How, I'm good. How old are you, Delena? I'm 14. Why? Okay. No, I'm just checking. I couldn't. I couldn't. Now, please don't be offended by this. I could not tell whether you uh, whether you were uh, an older person with a younger sounding voice. Or a younger person, period. You are, in fact, a younger person. Yay. <laughs> you sound really enthused about it, too. All right, Delena, how can I how can I help ye? <laughs> okay. Um, while waiting on the air, I entirely forgot, and now I just remembered, when you're on that um, thing, the darling blue eyes peeking, looking at somebody in the bathroom stall or something. Yes, it was the story about Larry Larry, Larry Craig, Republican senator from Idaho, who Delana is not gay and never has been. Huh. Yes. Well, you were, you put on the Star Wars music when you heard him because he, he had a voice changer on. That was, uh, um, yes, that was a man who claimed that he was once a romantic partner of Senator uh, Craig, and uh, we found that his voice was amusing because it sounded like a Dark Lord of the Sith. Yeah, I thought it was amusing because... Um, we have a voice changer, and it we think it's funny, but it gets kind of annoying after a while. Now, do you have a hand? Do you have like a handheld voice changer? Yeah. Do you have it around? What? Do you have it around? I'm holding it. Okay. Now, can, you, can you use it right now? Yeah. Uh, I have to turn it on. Okay. Now, Delaney, let me ask you this. Now, if you uh, now uh, did you find this program yourself, or were you turned onto this radio program by somebody else? It, it's a little thing um, that my dad. I think bought, and okay. it's, so it's cool. Voice. All right, let's hear, let's hear the voice changer, Delaney. Oh, that's creepy. All right, that's unnerving. <laughs> now, does it just now does it do uh, different voices? Yeah. How much did you pay for this? I don't know, Tony. How much was it? Tony, set her down. He doesn't know. remember. All right. Now, did you? Oh, uh, wait a minute. He says somebody gave it to him. Uh huh. 
Eh. Yeah, all right. Uh, now, are you listening to this program because your dad listens to it, or do you listen to this program just kind of by your own self? Well, I listen to it now on my own self whenever I have the time, but excellent. he got me into it. All right. Well, excellent. Well, that's, you know, what? what's his name? Tony? Yeah. All right, excellent. That's a, that's a that's a fine father figure to have there. All right, Delana. Well, thank you for calling. You call us anytime, and uh, if he figures out where he bought that thing, he should send me the uh, information. I want to buy one of those. All right. All right, thank you, Delana. You're welcome. All right, there you go. You see what I mean? I thought it was like maybe a young boy at first. That's what I thought, too. And then a teen girl. Well, you know, a teen girl, yes, she's trying to be a little older now, probably. I the see. Is well, very offensive. I, well, you know, what are you going to do? Like I'm all bent on impressing 14-year-old girls. Um... Let's see. Uh, well, i got to do this one thing about the Soapbox Derby. Hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey. I was wondering how uh, Sarah did on the Soapbox Derby. We, yeah. made it, we made it to the final, well, the first round of the finals, and we were the last place in the first round of the finals. But we made uh, it. And, um, so they were the first place loser, sir. Oh, okay. I don't know. And I, is that, is that a, but I mean, they made it. Held it up great. We, yeah, we did four races, and we did a better time than we did last but year, I mean, and I can't wait till this year. And to be I fair, and I mean, I was just poking fun, but to be fair, I, and I say this with all respect, I didn't I didn't really expect you guys to make it to the final heat, because your car is more of a, an art car. Uh-huh. It's not really, it wasn't really built I didn't for expect speed. us to make it to the final heat. It was built to look cool, not necessarily to be like breakneck speed, but then you guys made it into the uh, the finals, which is very cool. So, did you do that last year, too? Um, I think we might have made the finals last year. I'm not so, sure though. Now next year, that down to you. Next year, you should really throw everybody off. You should totally go for speed next year. You should totally build something that you know that goes that goes for absolute speed. Ah, uh, I don't, I don't think I'm very much into right. that. Uh, do they do times? Yeah, they do times. We, um, I think our best time was right around two minutes. Down the oh, that's pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I was, I was pretty happy Are with that. Are there YouTube videos up that people there can watch? There are many YouTube videos. I, there are so many of them. If you um, do Portland Adult Soapbox Derby 2007, you can find, like, uh, hun- literally hundreds of videos. So there you go, sir. All right, thank you very much. Excellent. Thank you, my friend. All right, there you go. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's now time for five, your top five. Four, three, two, one, fire. Ladies and gentlemen, it was 59 years ago this week that a magical voice was unleashed on the musical landscape, Robert Plant, who, of course, established a signature style, countlessly imitated, never duplicated, though certainly not for lack of trying. So rather than doing like a Zeppelin list or a Robert Plant list, as we celebrate his birthday, we will now count down these. These are the top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. Again, the top five singers who sounds just like Robert Plant. Number five, from Kingdom Come. No, I guess it would help if I... uh, (laughs) I I always do this. I guess it would help if I turn this on. Number five, from Kingdom Come, Lenny Wolf. You can insert your own Kingdom Clone joke here. This is not a bad song. If you get a little distance from it, you can put off how much it sounds like Zeppelin. And of all the songs to rip off, Cashmere, which is, no offense, like the dullest Led Zeppelin song ever recorded. Maybe they're just ripping off Bonham. 
I mean, it's just shameless. I mean, to the point that I don't even need to talk about it anymore. Everybody knows. The wow. Be- the best part, this was back in the day. This was like 89. The best part was how these guys claimed to have never listened to Zeppelin growing up. They're just like, I don't even own any Zeppelin records. Shut up. I mean, come on. I know that this is well-traveled territory, but please... For the love of Christ. You know, I know I'm like the last guy to point this out, but this is all very homoerotic. You know what I mean? How much of this genre and style of rock just sounds like you're listening to some other guy get his basket weaved? It's all very strange. Counting down the top five singers who sound a lot like Robert Plant, number four, from the White Stripes, Jack White. Depends on the song you listen to. Jack White plays like Jimmy Page. Sounds like Robert Plant. And the moments when he's not sounding... The moments when he's not sounding like Robert Plant, he either sounds like Ray Davis from the Kinks or like Mick Jagger from the Stones. I mean, I do like the White Stripes. Not as much as a lot of people do, but I do like the White Stripes. But boy, he is just a guy who is made out of component parts. I mean, he is just sort of a musical collage. Like that, uh, there's that song, um, Little Bird, and uh, God, what else? That doorbell, doorknob, bedknob, broomstick, whatever that song is. The hard button, the button. It's another one. I mean, there's just so many of these White Stripe songs just sound like a conglomeration of 60s and 70s bands, which is fine. Counting down the top five artists who sing a lot like Robert Plant. Number three from Great Whites, Jack Russell. And I did not... Here's how much Jack Russell sounds like Robert Plant. He sounds so much like Robert Plant that they eventually just bowed to the inevitable and they actually recorded a band called, I swear to God, Great White recorded an album called Great Zeppelin, which was just an album of them covering Zeppelin songs. And I could have used the Babe, I'm Gonna Leave You track from that. I did not. This is actually a, a, a Great White original. This is House of Broken Love from Twice Shy. He does, I hear when he does this little cry right here. And I don't think it's a put-on. I don't think he contrives this voice. I think it's just... I, I, I think that Jack Russell sort of is to Robert Plant uh, the way that... Um, who was that chick from Mama's Family that looked a lot like Carol Burnett? You know, what's her name? Vicki Lawrence. Who just realized one day that she looked like Carol Burnett and decided to parlay that into fame and fortune. Jack Russell, I think, just realized one day how much he sounds like Robert Plant and decided that was going to be his career. I actually do like... I'm an unashamed Great White fan. I really am. I could, I could go on about Great White, but I won't because no one cares. Counting down the top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant. Number two from Wolf Mother, Andrew Stockdale. I dig these guys. Here's another band that I'm sort of a casual fan of. Uh, my friend Jerris hit me to these guys. Got 
John and Robert Plant meets Ozzy Osbourne. This totally sounds like communication breakdown era Zeppelin. These guys do a great song called Colossal. It's just fantastic. One of the best things I've heard in a couple years. Counting down the top five singers who sound just like Robert Plant and number one, ladies and gentlemen. No surprise here. From Whitesnake, David Coverdale. Who I think Jimmy Page referred to as David Cover version. Looked just like him too. It was, he always kind of looked like Robert Plant's much older brother. I'd be curious to see what David Coverdale looks like now. See if he's actually held up. I'll uh, I'll play it some of the break here. There you go. Happy birthday, Robert Plant, with your top five artists who sing just like him. We'll uh, we'll go into the break with the uh, with the genuine article here. Your little Robert Plant. Back after this, Tim Riley. More to come. Like us at three. Donna Mike at seven. This is the Rick Emerson Show. Happy birthday, Robert Plant. Emerson Radio Program. Hey, I heard you talking about what celebrities you guys most resemble. There's a free website which features software that scans your face and tells you which celebrity you look like. We've done this before. Have we? Yeah, long time ago. Who did I look like? I don't remember. This funny, listen to this. He says, I'm a man, but I apparently look like Demi Moore. God damn, I'm hot. Oh, and Amy Weber, whoever that is. All right, there you go. Ladies and gentlemen of the Ministry of Truth, it's Tim Riley. And now, from the Ministry of Truth, this is Tim Riley. So the big stir today continues to be... Not gay! The ever unraveling wife, or life. My wife. Probably the wife, too. Uh, oh, no, she'll stand by her man. Speaking of Prozac. After all, he's old man. Of course. Uh, this is Idaho Republican Senator Larry Craig. Apparently, his uh, little rescue activities go all the way back to 1967. 
So all these people are starting to come forward. Really? He had a little uh, press conference earlier and said, quote, I am not gay. I never have been gay, said the self-hating Republican senator. After being arrested for lewd conduct in the airport men's room in Minneapolis. While I was not involved in any inappropriate conduct at the Minneapolis airport or anywhere else, I chose to plead guilty to a lesser charge in hopes of making it go away. Yep, that'll do. Yes. Uh, you made a very big mistake. Please let me apologize. To, to my family, friends, and staff, and fellow Idahoans for the cloud placed over Idaho. I think Larry... I did nothing wrong at the Minneapolis airport. I think Larry Craig probably has a long history of trying to make things go away, and mm. I think we can uh, say he's been stunningly unsuccessful at that. Yes, he should have not kept this to himself. And I should have told my family and my friends about it. I wasn't eager to share this failure, but I should have anyway. Because I am not gay. Wait, hold on. Well, he did fail that time because nothing happened. I was just going to say, successful on other that's occasions. a weird little Freudian slip there when he said his I, failure. His failure. Yeah. Well, well, nothing happened because he was arrested. I was not eager to. And I should have told my family and my friends about it. Honey, I'm not gay. I wasn't eager to share this failure, but I should have anyway. Because I am not gay. I think that's a little bit of an inadvertent reveal just there. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. uh, this email says, Rick, about Republicans behaving badly, I think the most anti-gay rights Republican congressmen may want to be proactive and just change their middle name to not gay. You know, like Lewis, not gay Libby. So that when they go on camera, the caption will always be a testament to how straight they are, no matter how many awkward approaches uh, <laughs> for sex in men's bathrooms they may make. Uh, I suspect a Carl Rovian figure in the GOP already has a plan in the works to force-feed any prominent party members tons of saltpeter in the manner of World War I to restrain their weird bathroom-oriented libidos and quietly putting them, uh, quietly putting them through the speed re-education course that Ted Haggard apparently went through to make him straight, which probably... Which they said... Which, oh, he, only, he's uh, trying to collect money now to go back to school, you know. Really? Is that yeah. true? <laughs> Isn't Ted Haggard the one who, like, after a week and a half, like, ah, that's it, I'm all, yeah. I'm all straight now. 100% man. Yeah, fantastic. There you go. Uh, though, in, uh, and most importantly for any politician, he hasn't decided whether or not he's going to run again. Next month, I will announce, as planned, as many of you have already been told, whether or not I will seek re-election. So look for those steely blue eyes <laughs> in the crack of a restroom door near you. Seriously. You know that that's man. You, I'm telling you right now. You know that if, if you're somebody, if somebody running against that guy in Idaho, that's all you need to do for your campaign poster. Just you know, a shot from clearly a, a photo that clearly is taken from inside a bathroom stall, and just with the face of that guy looking in, the, the face of him peering right in at you. That's wonderful. Also, he's not gay. All right, it's Tim Riley, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, here's something for all you uh, former youngsters out there. Uh, Dawson's Creek star James Vanderbeek has uh, been lined up to star in the forthcoming season of Ugly Betty. He'll join a long line of uh, secure, uh, celebrity guest stars. Apparently, this is the show that people want to be seen on now. Selma Hayek is going to be on there. Again? Gina Gershon and Spice Girl Victoria Beckham. It's apparently it's becoming the It Show. Apparently. It is the It Show. All right. It, I will tell you this. Here's the, I have spent a sum total of about 40 seconds watching Ugly Betty, and it was the YouTube segment where Salma Hayek took off her shirt. Oh. That was it. There is a there is a segment, and uh, I say now, bringing YouTube to a crash with the sound of all men thundering towards the computer. Look it up. There, and it is just as hot as I'm describing, by the way. It is a segment where Salma Hayek, who I think is the producer of that show, 
because I think she was a fan of the original with the Telenueva or whatever that that was based on. Selma Hayek, I think, is the executive producer of that show, and she made a guest appearance. And it was, look, don't get me wrong. I love Selma Hayek, and the idea of Selma Hayek taking off her shirt and prancing around half nude is fine. That's wonderful. But it really is. It really was almost, I can't believe I am saying this, but it really must feel degrading if you are Selma Hayek that, you know, she's done all of this. She, you know, she's a very talented actress. She did, what's that, Frida, that art uh, that art movie, which was very well received. Um, she's a successful producer now with Ugly Betty. I mean, she really has, and I'm not going to be snarky about this, she... I'm really not speaking in code here. She really does have many assets, and she really is very good at a whole lot of things and various aspects of business. And yet, what is the only way she can get people to pay attention to that show? She goes on and she takes off her top. I mean, really, it's just got to be... It really does have to feel a little bad when you're Selma Hayek, and that's the only way you can get people to pay attention to this television program is by going and shaking your cans uh, in an elevator sequence where you're just wearing a bra. So, you know, well, what are you going to do? I mean, it all works out well for me, so I don't care, but anyway, here's Tim Riley. And I should have told my family... I'm not gay! ...and my friends about it. I wasn't eager to share this failure, but I should have anyway. Yeah. Because I am not gay. <laughs> I'm sorry, I keep, show clip. I keep... I keep thinking that it's going to get dull, and it never does. It just remains funny. Mm -hmm. He's just digging uh, something deeper. Ah, oh, it's hilarious. All right, fantastic. Uh, Rick, you clearly resemble a young Richard Dreyfus. I actually have heard that. I've heard that a time or two. I don't know that it's true. I could see Richard Dreyfus a little. Eh, maybe. maybe. The older one, though. All right. Uh, let's see. What else? A more mature have? Richard Dreyfus. <laughs> yes. Not Thanks, a. Uh, what was that thing? What was uh, What was that movie he did before Jaws? God, what was that thing that Richard Dreyfus did right before he was in Jaws? It's called like Ducky Bentworth or something. What was that? It was called Bink that Howard the Duck. Binky something or other. Binky. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I got nothing. All right. Uh, do we have we more news? I got a couple things. Fantastic. Oh, we should say congratulations to Scotty moving into his brand new house. Really? He's finally doing it. It's a big step in someone's life. Home ownership is a wonderful thing. Do you suppose you'll be... Uh, Didn't you already own a home, though? Suppose yeah. you'll be given a key, Scotty? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, whatever. So it's a big day for congratulations, Scotty. Congratulations, Scotty. Have you, uh, have you unloaded your, uh, your last house on some sucker? Have That's you been able to... Working on it. There aren't enough suckers out there right now. No, is it... <laughs> It was true. There was a I story. Know what you're trying to there tell us the homeownership is doing that wheezing laugh a lot today, but I don't know why. I've got asthma or something, but I, that really is fantastic. It's sort of like you just said that without even thinking. There, there aren't enough suckers being born every minute no. at this point. No. So, oh, he noted, Scotty, this is how you know you are one step closer to becoming a real radio person. I mean, we ought to fire you one of these days. Scotty just has so you the can nicest house. As, as a matter of fact, he has the nicest two houses of any of us. Well, that's because he hasn't spent his life in radio. Mm -hmm. It's because he spent his life doing something worthwhile. Says, the other house didn't sell yet. Well done, Liz Wilde. You ought to get a third house. You know what I mean? Yep. Get, all good investments. Get never three the other house hasn't sold and he moved into the new one? No, of course yeah. not. Never wait. Sarah, there's never a wrong time to put yourself further in debt as an American consumer. Right. Debt is, remember, oh boy. remember, debt is what makes you a grown-up, owning things you can't possibly afford and will never be able to pay off. Scott, you got to get a credit card and try to, you know, just put 50 or 60 grand on that for things that you don't really need. Do that, too. He already has all that. Makes you mature. Makes you, that and smoking make you look grown-up, Scotty. Try to get up to your eyeballs and hock that you will never get out of. And I should have told my family <laughs> and my friends about it. I bought us another house. I wasn't eager to share <laughs> this failure. But I should have anyway, right. because I am not gay. 
phone, man. Oh, that's wonderful. Hi, <laughs> you're on the Rick Everson Show. Hello there, sir or madam, as the case may be. Yeah, uh, it's the education of Duddy Kravitz. The education of Duddy Kravitz. That's what it is. Yeah. Uh, All right. yeah, he was coming off that when he did Jaws. Thank you, sir. Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show, sir or madam, as the case may be. Uh, it's a sir. Hey, uh, I was just wondering if uh, when Scotty J sold his house, if they had... No, he hasn't sold his house. Oh, okay. No, well, he's... No he, no, he bought a new one and hasn't sold the other one. Of course. Well, I was just wondering <laughs> if, if maybe he had to put a discount on it because there's only apparently one key to get in, which his wife always has. No, it's... Uh, I, I don't know the answer to that. No, he's, uh, he's working on it, I guess, but I don't think he has sold the other house. He's just keeping numerous houses, sort of Ed Till style. You know, I, I, actually, uh, I actually rent two houses at the same time just to show my affluent wealth. Excellent. Thank you. Just so you can show, just so you can show girls, well, this is my second home. Right. Thank you. All right. Bye now. Uh, now a guy sent me a picture with me. It's like it's like a picture of me on the right and a picture of James Hetfield on the left. No, sir. No, that's that's just wrong. I think you had it right with the with Richard Belzer. Uh, yeah. The problem is that I can't find any young pictures of Richard Belzer. Or the guy that um that guy from Ghostbusters. Harold Ramis. I collect spores, molds, and fungus. Yes. That guy, really? Yeah. Let me see. I'm not I can see that. that, I suppose. I guess I could see me looking a little bit like Harold Ramis. He's also Harold Bill... Ramis? Yeah, Harold R A M I S. Harold Ramis. He's also Bill Murray's sidekick in Stripes. Uh, he was the guy in Airheads that um, that says that Halen was better with Hagar. Yeah, totally. You guys look actually very similar. Really? Yeah. Well, when he was younger. Okay. Well, fair enough. Uh, Rick, who knew Darth Vader was such a fruit? Luke, I am your daddy. Oh, that's just creepy. All right, thank you. Uh, Rick, about your shrink and your depression, I tell my problems to a whiskey bottle and my cat. Please kill me. Okay. What else do we oh, have? Oh, you here? have your um, shrink appointment today, right? Yeah. Which I'm sure is why you didn't ride your bike. Yeah. I just, my, uh, my shrink is a waste of time. I've come to that conclusion. And I'm not trying, and I'm not saying that therapy is a waste of time. I don't want to sound like I'm backsliding into something. How many therapists is this for you now? Um, well, in my whole life, or since I did, since I started going again. Since you started going again, just the second. Um, there was the third. No, no, no. It was the first guy. No, the, no. There was the the because I stopped going for a long time, and then I started to go, and then I went back. Uh, I called up my old shrink. I'm like, hey, I'm crazy again, so I need to come back. And then she has apparently figured out that the money is in doing these. You know what she helps people to do, Sarah? Brag on themselves. Oh God. No, because Sarah. Now listen. Stop. Sarah. That's not necessary. I'm not looking at you. Listen, Sarah. Don't say it. You've got to brag on yourself sometimes. You know what's all right? Ah! Bragging on yourself yeah. sometimes. So she's figured out, look, God love her, and everybody's got to pay their rent. Everybody's got to pay for their fifth house somehow. So uh, she now just does these weird Dr. Phil retreat couple getaway weekends. Uh. Retarded. Um, anyway, so she doesn't do, like, one-on-one uh, therapy anymore. Um so uh, she referred me to this guy who ended up being an ass clown, uh, and so I, I quit going to him. And then I'm, I'm this, and uh, I've been going to this other one. And it's always uh, nice, and you know, she, she's, you know, she's a very charming you know, woman and everything. She's just not. It's just not the. First of all, it's like forty minutes away, and I mean, I know that that's not the. But it's like it's like way out past Gresham. I mean, it's forever. It takes forever to get there, and she's just. Uh, she's very nice, very sweet. Just not not getting it done. She's just not. 
And I don't mean to sound it's like I can't possibly be satisfied. I don't mean to make it sound like I'm overly picky or choosy or whatever. And I know that it's wrong to sort of compare everybody to this one shrink I had. It was great. I'm just saying if it's a thing you're going to be spending time and money, because, you know, my insurance pays for part of it, but not all of it. So, you know, if you're going to let somebody tinker around with your brain, it seems like you ought to find somebody who you feel good about. And I just, this woman is just not it. She's just not... And I don't mean any disrespect. She's a fine person. She does. She, the first guy was just a clown. Um, th- this woman is actually really nice, really great, seems competent, just not the right person for me. So I got to okay. call my stupid insurance company. Um, and I, uh, I don't want to, I don't want to criticize my insurance company uh, by by name. I barely knew her. But I am going to say that they are just incredibly inefficient and slow and obnoxious and unhelpful. So I've just been. I'm probably going to keep going to the shrink for a couple weeks because it's going to take them forever to find me somebody else. I mean, it's just unbelievable. It took took them 12 weeks last time. 12! Hi, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. Hello. Hey, uh, wasn't uh, Richard Belzer in Scarface? You know, I actually don't. I've only seen Scarface, I think, twice because I know that you're not supposed to say this, but it's a terrible film. It is a terrible film, but he's doing stand-up in it, and and I don't know when that was released, but that's a pretty young picture. Well, that sounds like him because he did do stand-up for the bulk of his career. He entered acting late in life, so uh, maybe. And he was also in... God, what the hell else did he do? Well, he had a a late-night show. He had, like, a variety show he did way back back when uh, when he was, like... uh, Who was that wrestler that... That, like was it Hulk Hogan that actually did like a drop kick or something to him live on the air something like that uh, well now I have to go watch Scarface just a so I can um, a just so I can see Richard Belzer and B just so I can hear that push it to the limit walk along the razor's edge song he looks the same as his face isn't as long yet gravity hasn't set in as much no and he has that bad Noriega skin going on oh, that's all I got all right. now. thank you sir all right we'll take a break here on the way out hello John what's what's your observation sir my observation is that you're hot for Sarah, and uh, it comes from listening to the show a lot. Is this a song guys... cue? No, it's not a song cue. Oh, I'm cue. sorry, because there's that song called Hot for Sarah. No, I mean, it's like... Oh, you mean uh, I you am in sometimes love? Sometimes you end each other's sentences, you're always playing around, oh, flirty. Oh, how I want to end the show. We're always playing around and Sorry, it's my feeling. That's what I'm hearing. Yes, I'm ta- What do you want me to say? I'm taking my pants off Sarah. right now. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye. 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 I, I couldn't hear what he said. I was doing something. I don't know. I was... I was trying to make a joke about taking no, I'm, off I'm my pants. I'm distracted because people keep sending me all these emails saying Rick looks like Andy Dick. Case closed. I don't look and like I'm Andy And I'm looking at a picture of Andy Dick and you really do. That's kind of freaky. You take it back. I don't look anything like that. Yes, He's got a do. butt chin. Sons of bitches, I'll kill you all. All right, back after this. That stupid Scarface song stuck in my head now. Push it to the limit. All right. Uh, we now enter the saddest part of the broadcasting day, the final segment of the Rick Emerson Show. Coming up next, Tom Likas, Donna Mike at 7, John and Jeff overnight, uh, Stephanie Miller 6 to 8, Dennis Miller 8 to 11. We'll be back, of course, in 20 hours. Uh, coming up tomorrow, Queensryche giveaway. Queensryche, Queensryche, Queensryche. Uh, let's see. For this, uh, it's a, uh, well, we're going to be giving away a two-CD collector's edition of Sign of the Times, the best of Queensryche. Uh, Queen's Rack 17 hits. This is so badly written. I could just ad-lib this myself without even looking, and I'd do a better job. Queen's Rack 17 hits and favorites. Blah, blah, blah. Well, you know what it is. Promotional consideration provided by Capital Ema. All right. Um, well, how long are we... When does the music start? Soon? Yeah, pretty soon. All right. Uh, well, I wish we'd had more time for that guy, John, to creepily go on about our hidden love, Sarah. Mm. Uh, hi, uh, you're on the Rick Emerson Show. 
Hey, Rick, just call your insurance company. Tell them that the person you're going to see uh, is not uh, working for you, and it would be a hardship for you to continue. Yeah. Then, then tell them where you'd like to go, and they will uh, add it to your to your list usually. Now, is that true, really? Well, I did it, and it worked uh, rather well. I was told by a guy to use the words hardship and that uh, you may not go because it was going to be too difficult. Now, is uh, your, does your insurance company end with uh... <laughs> Yes, yes. And uh, if, you, if you want a good one, my wife pulled a guy out of the book. She picked him because he was named after a beer, Sam Adams. Fantastic. That's okay. the, guy was, the guy's awesome, man. That's a good thing. I share, my shrink shares an office with a guy named Dr. Tung. So uh, you know, he, he was awesome. I would highly recommend him. Excellent. Thank you, sir. Take care, Rick. There you go. That's Mark. All right. There you go. Fantastic. All right. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out your insurance company. You don't know the name of my insurance company? I barely knew her. That's okay. It'll come to you later. Uh, hey, Rick Emerson, show produced today and every day with the lovely and talented Sarah X. Dillon, Prime 970 Solid State Radio. Tim's in the news from Scotty J. The PA days in the gatekeeper. Don't let the bastards grind you down. Watch out for snakes. Like us next. Thank you for listening. See you all tomorrow at 11. Bye now. And I should have told my family and my friends about it. I wasn't eager to share this failure, but I should have anyway because I am not gay.